Lord. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to our humble abode, the Thunderdome. On this Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, November 21st, 2023, this program starts now. Football! Happened last night. The Eagles get a big win over the Kansas City Chiefs over here in Kansas City, Missouri. Wow. That's close to Wachita, Kansas, obviously, <laughs> yeah. last night. We answered a lot of questions that we potentially had. Yes, the Kansas City Chiefs have a long way to go on the offensive side of the ball. 26 drops this season, leads the league. The only uh, second-highest... The only people that have had this amount of drops up to this point in the history is uh, 2017 Niners or something like okay. that. Okay. They've gone and have, so it's a lot of drops all over the place. Obviously, MVS has one at the end of the game last uh, at the end of the game last night, and a lot of people say, you know, Chiefs probably get that win. You know, Chiefs probably mm-hmm. win if he does that. Minute 40, does Jalen Hurts go back down the field? Who knows? But it was a great game between these two, a Super Bowl rematch that we we're all incredibly pumped to dive into. Obviously, the Manning cast had Mark Wahlberg on last uh, night. Yeah. He had an incredible performance yeah. on there. He was great. That feels like that's right in Mark Wahlberg, or Wahlberg's like kind of breadbasket. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime he's being interviewed at anything, he seems to really crush yeah, it. Yeah, game four, it wants to be there. So excited. Seems yep. pumped to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, loves that the football's happening. And he's talking to both Mannings, two Hall of Famers yep. at the same exact time. Kind of left Peyton and Eli out on an island. Yeah, a little, a little bit. bit. It was a little uncomfortable. They a didn't deserve bit. that at all. But Not it was a great night of football. I think there's a lot of overreaction happening. For instance, this morning I was on first take. Very lucky to do that every single Tuesday. They go, are the Chiefs? issues fixable it's like have you seen the afc anybody can go get the afc right now now the baltimore ravens have been fantastic and the miami dolphins with Jalen ramsey seem to have a resurgence and are the buffalo bills back Hmm. well we don't know we're gonna find out quickly here i think this weekend with it all but if you think about who could go on a run you don't think patrick mahomes and andy Reid can figure it out yeah i think they can figure out what they need to do now certainly targeting a guy named justin watson who none of us knew existed hey there's a white guy wearing number 80 that's not travis kelsey catching the ball a lot last night getting targeted a lot last night we if you do recall he was with tampa bay yeah yeah. Him and Tom Brady had a little bit of a stint yep. there for like oh, a game yeah. or two. So he's caught pass from Tom ba- uh, Brady and Patrick Mahomes. But whenever he's your number one target, you would think you're maybe in a little bit of trouble. Chiefs will figure it out. Andy Reid will utilize his massive brain. Patrick Mahomes will continue to be Patrick Mahomes. But last night, I think we learned a lot about the Eagles. This Eagles team is gritty, dude. Oh, yeah. They're some dogs. Yeah. They can take you into the deep end and they can beat you. That defense is fantastic. Now, Stephen A. said the secondary is going to have to figure some stuff out, especially if MVS catches that. That's our whole conversation today and all of that. Okay, cool. We're week 11. There's still a lot of growth and development for all teams. I think last night we're very thankful for the boys. The big story of today, though, boys, is something that popped off this morning. The Toxic Tables here at Boss Connor and at Ty Schmidt. Love the elephant. That's my favorite animal. Okay, nice. Yeah, this was just a quick grab and go. Didn't even look to see what it was, and I'm glad it turned out to be a good one. Well, maybe pay a little respect to the elephant. Uh, You need to maybe do a little research on what the elephants are, how smart they are, how loyal they are. And by the way, elephants, some real... Dogs out there. Yeah, very petty, I believe, too, which is nice. Well, anybody that has good memory normally going to be very petty. Mm -hmm. You know, the people that aren't petty are normally the people that don't remember everything that has ever happened against them. The elephants remember everything. So certainly going to be more petty than others that are maybe dumb. You know, Mm -hmm. it's tough to be petty whenever you just don't remember anything because then you don't know what to be petty about. The elephants, you do one thing against them. Yeah, they know. They're going to remember it forever. Oh, yeah. Love your shirt. Uh, there's a nine-year NFL vet here who is a host of Man to Man podcast and everything DB. That'll be happening later today. Absolute stallion whenever he's talking about games. So much so that he actually got to call a game at Lambeau this past weekend. Uh-huh. Ladies and gentlemen, in front of the program, Darius J. Butler. D-Bot, Eagles, good win. Great win. Love it. Great win. Nine and one now. Uh, 
great win. That's all Jalen Hurts seems to do is win. Uh, obviously, ugly football game, nasty weather. Comes down to a two-minute drive. You mentioned the MVS drop. You know, big mishap on defense, but you got bailed out by the receiver. But a uh, big win against, a, obviously, a great opponent. Yeah, you talk about sloppy conditions. We can never see it with these new cameras. No, Ridiculous. No. This is real. Show mm-hmm. us the rain. This is a real thing. Yeah. Can't tell it's raining. That Oregon State-Washington game on yeah. Saturday night had, like— It was coming down. It was. A, they, they're saying, like, terrible rain. So yeah. much so that people actually thought they could just pee in public. Exactly. And nobody would notice with how hard it was raining. Couldn't even tell with how good the cameras were. Nope. Literally just looked like, uh, maybe a little gloomy, cloudy day. And then they cut to another camera, all of a sudden, a sky cam, and it's like, oh, yeah. it's really raining all out over. here. Last night, kind of a similar thing. Yep. Camera's so damn good. Yep. Lighting's so damn good. Can't even tell. Then they go to the sky cam. It's like foggy and rain everywhere. It's like, oh, there's some tough conditions potentially mm-hmm. for both of them. Going to have to handle that, though, uh, especially in the playoffs going forward. Good football game. We were lucky to watch it. Mm -hmm. Breaking news this morning. Uh Huge. Out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. You've heard the chants, okay? From sea to shining sea in this particular country. Run it, Foxy! There's a team that maybe has no shot to win it all. Mm. And if you're talking about what these people are talking about, (laughs) that would be the Pittsburgh Steelers. I had no idea. Wow, wow. Hold up, Alex. Hold up. This is in Utah. This guy's life. Different sport now. Jeez. Here's in in the house. Uh Boy. He's there. Just sporting events, right? That's all. Who are they talking about? That's in the hills of Virginia. Uh, Matthew Matthew Kennedy. Speaking of fire. That's the host of A.J. Hawk's birthday party. You're talking everywhere. Yeah. It was being chanted to fire this particular guy. Because whenever you're a part of the Pittsburgh Steelers, you're part of an organization that has a fan base that is everywhere. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows the story of Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is the birth of this country. I understand that Massachusetts and New England, we're the birth of steel, which has made everything everywhere. You're welcome, says all of the Yinzers, for the lives that were cut very short, for going into these mills, breathing in terrible things, dying to create steel so that the rest of this country could be built. God bless Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. But whenever you're coaching the Pittsburgh Steelers, you see those people all moved. That's right. As the mills continue to to kind of dissipate across the country and as as business continued to bloom kind of everybody. So there's Pittsburgh Steelers fans in every single city, in every single place. You can go to the Mormons in Utah. Yep. And there are Pittsburgh Steelers fans in abundance. You can go to the hills of Virginia and there's Pittsburgh Steelers Mm -hmm. in abundance. You go to the capital and there'll be Pittsburgh Steelers. So anything you do with the Pittsburgh Steelers is going to be judged in that particular light. And the offense coordinator, although they've gone 24-19-1 over the past three seasons with this man as the offense coordinator. And they have not made a move in the middle of the season, the Pittsburgh Steelers, of a head coach or a coordinator since 1941. Damn. They decide to pull the trigger Yeesh. on Matt Cannon as the offensive coordinator this morning. Now, Art Rooney II, who is the acting owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers, was the one that made this move, not Mike Tomlin. So that leads to a bunch of questions, okay? Well, then is Art Rooney the second guy that was deciding to not fire him for this entire season? And that's why Tomlin, every time he went out to the press conference, was like, yeah, we're looking to changes, but he didn't really know because Art Rooney's the guy that's making the firings. Or... Did Tomlin not want to do it? 
to Tom and uh, say, I don't want to do this. You're going to have to do it. And was this a decision that was just made by Art Rooney saying, my team ain't going to have this guy getting chanted out of every mm-hmm, single building yeah. that Pittsburgh is a part of because he sucks anymore? And does Art Rooney the second maybe just think, I need to find out if Kenny Pickett's the guy or not? So many questions from this move by who the, made, uh, the move was made by. Let's go to the man who uh, dressed up like Matt Canada for Halloween. That's right. Just Matt Canada. Just Matt Canada. When he potentially portrayed a devil wearing a Steelers uniform. Uh, this is lazy. There he is right there. Just Matt Canada. Yep. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, Tone Diggs, your thoughts on the Pittsburgh Steelers moving on from a coordinator for the first time since 1941 in the middle of the season. Yes. Tuesday, November 21st, 2023. Today. Remember the day. Okay? It's a historic day. Like you said, since 1941, a move like this hasn't been made in the Steelers organization. This is a historic day. You know, in the 20th and 21st centuries, democracies, dictatorships, walls, they've crumbled, they've fallen, they've gone. You know, people will never stand for tyranny and oppression uh-huh. like they may have in the past. Yep. And for a long time, you know, I thought the Steelers fan base was going to have to be one of those groups of people that was just going to be ruled by some dictatorship overlord who just enjoyed crushing his constituents okay. and people that relied on him for happiness and food. What? Okay, yeah. to- Sure. And money for their families. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But today. On this day. Today on this day. Yeah. Tuesday, November 21st. 2023. A day we'll never forget, remember. <laughs> never. Yeah. A date we would never, ever forget. In ever. the 20th and 21st century. Yeah, we yeah. heard this. Oh, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those two centuries. <laughs> we we heard heard this earlier. The big century. Yeah, that's what you're saying. Talking, they yep. brought up a hundred walls. Yep, exactly. Uh-huh. Yep. A hundred. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yep. This is the worst we've ever... (laughs) Bring it home. 128, okay? 128 leaders of state have been deposed by foreign countries or foreign bodies. (laughs) Not Argentina. Today is 129 because a dictator has died today. Oh, okay. Wow. For three years, Matt Canada did just Mickey Mouse play calling... Screens, what? draws, what? jet sweeps. Jet what? sweeps. You can't throw it in the middle of the field. And today, we are free from his reign. Hell okay? yeah. Congrats, Pittsburgh. Today go, is a new day. And today is a huge day because today um, marks something bigger that we're actually <laughs> going to have some change. Yeah. Okay, All we wanted as Steelers fans was to know that the, that the standard is the standard, Okay, and the standard is not being the 32nd-ranked offense year after year after year, and that we're trying to win Super Bowls. And with Matt Canada, there was never a chance that we were going to win Super Bowls. So today actually like is somewhere where it's like, okay, we're going to try. Because it seemed like for the last two years, we gave him a year, but for the last two years it felt like we weren't even trying to win, and that's just something that is not – uh, acceptable as a Steelers fan and the Steelers fan base. And like you said, now, now we get to find out, was it Matt Canada? Or is, is it the quarterback that we drafted in the first round? Like, is that something that we have to move on and look forward in the future? Or like, is there's no one else left to blame? If, if it goes from Matt to the quarterback to, it doesn't have to go higher than that, then that we could finally move on from this era that has been, it's been kind of painful and torturous. Um, 
And, and now we finally get some answers, I think. And, and thankfully, Art came, de- came in and stepped in and, and made this move because it had to be done. Um, and finally, we can move on and get some answers, I think. Art Rooney II Correct. He is the current acting owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He is not named after his father. Oh, he's okay. named after his father's father, yeah. sure. who obviously uh, original owner of the chief. Pittsburgh Steelers, the chief Art Rooney. Chief. So then there was Dan, who's Art's father, and then Art Rooney the second is after the grandfather. Okay, which I've yeah. never heard before. Cool. But he's the one who is now in charge. He says Matt Canada has been fired. There's a minute long video now coming out from Mike Tomlin's press conference, which started at noon Eastern time. Here is Mike Tomlin, I assume, addressing the elephant in the room, which is the firing of Matt Canada. Good afternoon. First, let's start with the news of the day. Um, Thank you. As I'm sure you all, you guys already know, I made a change at the coordinator position. Oh, I um, mm-hmm. Did not come to this decision lightly, to be really transparent with you. Um, it's just a personal belief of mine from a leadership perspective. Uh, it is my role to absorb and protect um, those that I work with. Um, and this doesn't feel like that. Um, obviously, I'm not interested in, in assigning blame or deflecting in any way. Um, it's more of my natural nature to absorb, to be quite honest with you. I've been in this role so long, I'm quite comfortable absorbing. Um, so just rest assured um, that this decision was not taken lightly. I got a lot of respect. Uh, for Matt personally and professionally, it was not easy, um, but I thought it was necessary. Um, this is a result-oriented business, and yeah. to be short, um, the improvements were not rapid enough or consistent enough um, for us to proceed. Um, you got to score touchdowns in this business. You got to win games in this business, um, and just the totality of it has us where we are. Um, today. Okay, so he said I a lot there, so that'll go against mm-hmm. the reports that were coming out of Pittsburgh that Art Rooney II made this decision. Mike Tomlin said I felt like I had to do that. He talked about not getting better quick enough, yep. and I think to go to the Steelers fans' points, Tomlin has been the most patient human than yep. waiting for results, because it's been a two-year process after the first year of just, is this guy? I don't know how yep. that whole thing goes. I, he talked about how hard of a decision is. That's not a message, obviously, for the media. He's also sending that to Matt Canada, mm-hmm. Matt Canada's family, Matt Canada's friends, because obviously they exist. We assume he's not a bad human behind closed doors, even though he doesn't know offensive football in the NFL that well in everybody's eyes. How do you feel about the firing? And I appreciate the way Mike Tomlin said, I've been in this role so long, normally I just take the blame myself. Yeah. So firing somebody middle of the season, he almost I, it, he almost feels like a coward, like... Like, all right, so now I'm pointing blame at somebody else. He doesn't love that at all, which I can respect. Every time Tomlin speaks, I respect it. But this move seemingly had to be done. Yeah, he always, you know, dominates the press conferences. He always seems honest and real, transparent. And obviously he doesn't feel great about, you know, uh, firing Matt. And he said not rapid enough. This was an issue, obviously, for Steelers fans going in last year, coming into this year. Uh, But now... You know what? What's going to really change? You know, you still got you still got the quarterback uh, in place. D-bus. You still got D-bus. the quarterback. You do it. In my opinion, you got some good talent around, and we know who George Pickens is athletically, talent wise. Deontay Johnson, I think he's a good receiver as well. Got a, a you know good couple running backs back there, Warren and Naj. So we'll see if it actually changes and actually improves on the field. Who's calling plays? Uh, Mike right. Sullivan, okay, uh, West Point graduate, Army reports. Ranger. 
I would like to say we it might be quarterback coach Mike Sullivan, but there has been conflicting mm-hmm. reports on who's going to be calling plays, who's going to be the offense coordinator, and the same people that are reporting this type of stuff. No offense, we love the Pittsburgh media. Sure, shout out. They were also reporting that R. Rooney was the one that did the firing of Matt Canada. So it's like I don't think any of us really know what's real or not. Feels like there's a lot of uh, yeah darts just being thrown out mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. But you said what does it change? You know. Just like when McDaniels left. Yeah. You remember when McDaniels left? Mm-hmm. They were smoking those cigars, Devontae Adams, Anson <laughs> doing the whole thing. I wonder, you know, because Deontay Johnson came out after the game and said, I ran a right, I ran a right route. Just yeah. so everybody's mm-hmm. saying that I ran the wrong route and Kenny threw where I was supposed to be. I ran the right one. It was Najee Harris. What did he said after the game about, yeah, we're a bit predictable. You think everybody has a team first attitude? I want to talk about me. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he said. Oh, yeah. He literally said that. So it sounds like there is quite a few seams behind closed doors on that offensive front. George Pickens had already deleted all the Steelers stuff off oh, his Instagram. Ooh. That means something in 2023. Mm-hmm. So maybe with Matt Canada leaving, it'll be something that the boys will be able to rally around. Because yeah. it feels like they need something like that much more than anything else. Whether it's whether it's Mike Sullivan or, or Eddie Faulkner, who's a uh, running backs coach, I believe, um, the word around Tan. Tan is that the players really enjoy those two and that they were at a point where they didn't enjoy Matthew Canada as much. So, like in Buffalo, like what happened there? Like was there stuff going on where they didn't get along and then oh, they come in and Joe Brady and, and obviously it's just one game, but they looked better. Maybe just if everybody likes each other, they'll play better. Um, but to your point, like there's still, there's still a lot of uh, – there's a lot probably wrong with that offense. It's probably not going to get fixed uh, this yeah. season if I had to take a guess. Mike uh, Tomlin confirms Eddie Faulkner is Steelers' new offensive okay. coordinator. Mike Sullivan will call plays. Oh, that's good. Wait. Don't that, love that. How's that work? You that got feels- two quarterbacks. You got no quarterbacks. You got two OCs. Uh, do you have any? Mike Tomlin, smart guy. Yeah. We assume he's going to get it right. Joining us now is a man who we thought maybe he becomes offense coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Because he seemingly has all the answers. Ladies and gentlemen, the quarterback guru, NFL guru for ESPN, 14 hours a day. Ladies and gentlemen, he was live from like a Dateline set yesterday. Oh, yeah. Dan Orlovsky. What's up, boys? Where were you yesterday? Looked like you were in the middle of getting interviewed for like a neighbor getting murdered. Yesterday, we were we were on site. We were we were at the stadium yesterday. No, no you were not. No. Yesterday, you guys were on site yep. for NFL Live, but when you were on yeah. Get Up and First Take, you were sitting oh, in this was in a dimly hotel lit room. Yeah, dim, the, the, the lighting that they had was very, bum, 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 oh, like, yeah. you know what I mean? You were getting kind of, yeah. and you're on TV for four straight hours in that hotel room. It was a fantastic job by you. Yeah, not not a blast. I, I flew home Sunday, or I flew Sunday night from New York down there, uh, post lacrosse tournament, did get up and first take from the hotel, NFL Live, and flew back last night type thing. Hey, we appreciate you. Hey, boy, Daniel. Hey, Daniel. Saw you guys got some food there, too. Ryan Clark was all jacked up. You know, he says game day gets food every single weekend. It's a segment on the show. Mm-hmm. So uh, make it, let's make it a segment on NFL Live every Monday. So Swagoo and Ryan Clark can get some food. Yeah. Yep. Boys are out there battling. We appreciate them doing that. The least you guys could do is get them some food, Dan. Why don't you, uh, why don't you get a restaurant to do that? Well, usually NFL Live is just from the studio in Bristol. So not on Mondays. No, nope. not on Mondays. Yeah. Bad teammate. Uh, nah, we, usually it is. I think we've been on site once or twice this year. So I've NFL been... Live countdown. Countdown's on site. 
No, no. I've seen Swagoo yep. and Ryan Clark all by themselves. Laura. No, I'm with you guys back in studio. Yeah. Yep. I've seen it the whole time. Me, I've seen it. You, you're screwing over your teammates on NFL Live. That's on you, Dan. That's on, that's on you. Me. All right, that's on me. I'll take that. One, you. I'm down one. I appreciate you me, being bud. a good leader out there. Let's take care of them. Speaking of leadership, we leaders lead from the front. Mm-hmm. Bingo. It's a thing. Uh, Tomlin says he didn't consult with GM Omar Khan or ownership before making the decision. It was mine and mine alone. All right. Oh, yeah. So everything out of Pittsburgh media this morning was wrong. Yep. Okay. That's good. We can move on. Let's talk about leadership from the front. Mike Tomlin, he just had his press conference at noon where he let it off with talking about the decision to move on from Matt Canada. Basically said, didn't get better quick enough. And he also said that he doesn't like putting blame on somebody else as the head football coach. Kind of feels like it's a coward move, kind of is how he was talking. I feel like I should absolve all the blame whenever we're not doing well. Steelers fire a head coach or a coordinator for the first time since 1941. Do you think this is the right move? And do you think this is potentially Mike Tomlin saying, all right, we got to figure out if this is Kenny Pickett or if this has been the offense as a whole before we go further as a football program? Yeah, so it's the right move. It's the necessary move. And it's, that's not – like we all understand firing people isn't fun. The reality is if I don't you know, produce for ESPN, they're going to fire me too. So that, that's just the nature. We all know that getting into the, the real world, that, that's part of it. So, But it was the necessary move. Well, um, you know, there's, there's too many instances where this offense – and you guys have had me layer out the predictability, the lack of explosion, the never creating an advantage. Like there's so many flaws within this scheme. Okay, so at some point you have to sit there and say – are we helping the players or not? I think that's what it really comes down to. Were they ever creating an advantage for the players? More often than not, that answer was no. So you, you have to move on. Um, I, I think this is a little bit of, hey, Kenny Pickett. If you were going to ask me, like, what's the one thing that Kenny Pickett has to do now? It, Kenny Pickett is going to have to win however many games they have left. I think six. He's seven. He's going to have to prove that he is willing and able to throw the ball past five yards down the field well. That, that's, that's been the question mark really ever since he became their guy. Now, is that all on him? That's a tough question. Hey, NFL quarterback, yeah. can you throw the ball five yards down the field or not? Yeah, five. Well, but There's that's not of all on him because he wasn't asked to do it like much or with an advantageous situation. Got it. Okay. You know, like I put out this – tweet of like what's going to be needed now for the offensive coordinators okay yeah so like first of all way too many i'm throwing this route but you're running this route situations for the pittsburgh steelers so that their new offensive coordinator i actually played for mike sullivan who i think is going to be calling their plays so like they got to get that right away and it's not just a deontay johnson thing it's all of those guys got to get on the same page number two i i said this the other day at the end of the the cleveland game george pickens doesn't get a throw so they got to build some place for George to get involved into their pass game. Tie things together, formation place. So often they would just run a play. And then in the third quarter, they, they would like get into that same formation and there wouldn't be a counter to that play. You know, so often like when you get into a formation, there should be four or five different plays off of that formation. When you get into a, a set, there should be a three or four or five. Dip, so you're forcing the defense to think a little bit. I think I can't count the amount of times um, that they 
ran a play action off of some of their runs because they've run the ball with those two runs relatively well. Their screen game stinks. So I do think that there are areas that they can improve on to help everybody on their offense play better. You're talking about the predictability of it. So is Najee Harris. Whenever you run this formation and you're only running one play out of it, Mm -hmm. it gets one play, dude. When there's guys like Darius J. Butler on the other side who have massive brains Mm -hmm. and are studying, it's like, okay, when they get in this, it's it's just this. Normally, Mm -hmm. there's like three different options, four different options potentially coming. Right. Yeah, like you said, when you break it down film, you're looking at cutups and you get, you know, certain personnels or formations, and it's the same thing. Like you said, you need at least four or five, you need some options, you need the same action, you know. So if you're running yes. inside zone, you need the same play action off of that inside zone look so that you see, you know, all the clips every week, guys getting sucked up on Whoa. the second level. Hey. They're not going to get sucked up. Yeah, nobody's getting never sucked up with the action. Pittsburgh offense. We no chance. You guys weren't <laughs> sucking anybody up with no. the way you guys were running your offense. Especially you know? in like week 11. The week goes. Matt Gannon wasn't sucking anybody up with that nope. offense. Mouth so <laughs> That all shut. seems like such a natural, easy. <laughs> Grow up. Man, Daniel, talking football. <laughs> Dan. Grow up, dude. Dan. Good, Dan? What's up, bud? We're on TV. Okay. Yeah, no, I... <laughs> Keep yeah. it together. I'm a kid, dude. I'm a I'm a child. What do you want me to tell you, dude? I'm yeah, yeah. You have a lot of kids too. You did great in there. Work, Dan. But isn't that doesn't that seem like malpractice though? Like uh, you know, and you think yes. like Mike Tomlin was thinking to himself, we just keep winning. This guy sucks. Like we can't <laughs> can't fire him. We're six and four yeah. right now. Like we do. You wait for the Browns game. All right. There was an L. Everything was bad. We can move on. We can finally make this decision. Or how do you think he got here at this exact moment? Why now, as opposed to maybe. Any of the weeks of the past where these same exact things were being said about Matt Cannon's offense for like two, three years now. Yeah, when you're throwing away a season, you know, and, and that's part of like again, that goes back to the initial statement. When when everybody knows what is the problem with your football team, then as the coach, you have to sit there and say, Okay, I have a defense that plays their absolute tails off and gives everything they have every week, and they go into every game knowing that we're not trying to win the game on offense. That's, I think I, I, um, I said this yesterday. Like, there's no way that you could watch that offense play and say they're trying to win the game. They're just strictly saying, hopefully we don't lose it. And as a coach, you can't look at your defensive players in the eye any longer and say, hey, um, we're, we're going to do what's best for the football team. No, we're not. We're not doing what's best. If you continue to roll out this offensive coordinator, and this isn't like a personal shot at them. Players, you guys know, like we're not doing what's best for the football team because we're not trying to score points. And so I think that's – I don't know why Mike Tomlin held on to him as long as he did. I don't have that answer. But I know there's – at some point you just become to an indisputable place where the move has to be made. Yeah, and I think it's loyalty and just the way Tomlin has done it. Once again, first move like this in the Steelers franchise since 1941. It's just not something that happens in Pittsburgh, and that's why Steelers fans, I think, we're just expecting to ride out Matt yeah. Canada for the rest there's of this year. There's pressure on Kenny Pickett now, though, Pat. Oh, like, there is, man. Yeah, which, like, there's... Tone Diggs has a question for you about that. Yeah, Dan, no matter who the OC is, like there was guys running open last week on some plays versus the Browns. There was one where Deontay had a, had a kind of a crossing route where he was wide open. Yes. It was like on the 15 or something like that. Is that Kenny just directly staring at the line? Cause he doesn't trust them. Can that be fixed? Or is it to a point where quarterbacks get broken, where they can't, it doesn't matter who the OC is. He, he can't, he doesn't throw down the middle of the field at all. Like, is that something yeah. that, does Mike Sullivan, since you know him, like does he have a chance to help with that the rest of the year, or are we just not, never going to find out? Yeah, so great question. A couple of things here. So um, 
and D-Buck can speak to this a little bit as well. I think, and I'm going to correlate this to Houston. I think one of the the best things that's going on in Houston right now, coming off of the C.J. Stroud sound this weekend, where he was like, uh, Steph Curry doesn't stop shooting, is so often when you take a young quarterback and you pair them with a defensive-minded head coach, from the jump, these quarterbacks here, hey, we're going to play great defense. We're going to have great special teams. Don't give the ball away. You know, just protect the ball, protect the ball, protect the ball. And so you hear that over this three, four, five, six-month period, 18 months with Kenny Pickett. And so you start to become risk-averse. You start to become – and and I think you guys have probably hear this, heard me say this, Tone Diggs, is like, uh, don't get me the quarterback who make goods de- who makes good decisions. Get me the quarterback who makes the right decisions. Any quarterback can go make a good decision. Did you check the ball down? Mm. Great. That's a good decision. It's not a bad one. Mm. So by rule, it's a good one, but make the right one. And I think if you if you watch what's happened with Kenny Pickett, my guess is that he has heard that. We got a great defense. We got good special teams. All we got to do is like don't give the ball away. And what happens is you become way more protective of the football. That's why I hate when people say protect the ball. No, you value the ball. So, um, and I think that's part of it is like, I don't know if he's scared of the rush or whatnot, or doesn't trust the line more so of like, don't do anything that puts the ball in harm's way. And you start to play this very cautious style of quarterback. You'll never be good long-term in this league playing that way. So that's the answer to your question in regards to Kenny. Can they do it more? Absolutely. Like you just got to empower these guys to like at some point that you got to trust their eyes. You, you, you got you to design plays to hopefully get number one or number two open. You got to get them back into an attack mode. And make sure that they're you like you believe in their decision making. And I think now Mike Sullivan, I, I played for him. He comes from the Kevin Gilbride, like it is run and gun. Like it is gonna be if you guys remember when Victor Cruz was playing with the Giants and they were unbelievable and it was you know, like just deep ball after deep ball with uh Eli, it, it's it's very centric on trying to attack defenses and run to where the vacancy is with the defense it takes a little bit of time to get used to so that's kind of like a read-based offense but they can build it um it's gonna it's gonna take a lot of effort but i think that's the big thing with kenny is getting him to realize hey we we gotta be aggressive with the football (laughs) here you're good at football throw the ball let it rip you think he has that in him though because i I mean i understand that the defensive you know head coaching and and not and it was was winning you know it was not taking he was taking care of the ball defenses would been opportunistic and in the fourth quarter he'll make a plays and they'll win but do you think it has he has that in him being a first round pick you obviously want to go out there you want to get a second contract you want to put up points like you have yeah. a certain an ego as a quarterback, at least all the, the good ones I've been around. Like, do you think Kenny has that in him? Uh, I, I think he's got the physical ability to throw the ball in chunks, D-Butt. I don't think he's got that physical ability to, you know, rip these 25-yard, you know, deep crossers or big ins or go balls down the field. No, but I think he can really be good in, like, NFL? the intermediate. What that's, what, that's what we need. Is this the NFL? What are we talking about? How do these guys, you know Yeah, I mean? but there's not – how many How many guys do we believe are that arm talented-wise where they could just – Gardner Minshew. Yep, sure. <laughs> Jordan Love. All right, here's the perfect example. Here's the perfect example. D-Butt, here's the perfect example. Do we think, because I would sit here and say right now, this dude, when it comes to like getting chunk throws as good as anybody, Brock Purdy, but he doesn't have elite arm like strength or no, he got, arm talent. He's got guts. He's got anticipation and conviction. Yes. And, and I don't, yeah. that, those are the and, things I don't see with Kenny. And, but, D, 
Yeah. I mean, Purdy puts that yeah. impeccable yeah. accuracy. We're talking about. But D, but the third word that you said is the most important. Conviction. Hate nasty. Like, yeah, what he, is that about? That kid, that young man, he trusts his eyes and he's going to let it rip. Now, every ball's not thrown through a keyhole. Sometimes it's thrown over defenders with a little bit of touch. But that dude is convicted with what he sees and he's not scared to make mistakes. Dan. Dan. You can't say what you just said. I don't want to get in this whole Brock Purdy's disrespected all the time thing, but you say he doesn't have a lead arm. He puts it in a keyhole. You you said he doesn't. He he has no, throw it through like with with a hay or maybe the better phrase is like throw it through a windstorm where some of these guys just have arm strength that Dang. I'll throw it as hard as I want and it doesn't. Like Brock bad. has this, um, and I think back to Kenny. Like can Kenny get to that level? And I and I I think it's. Kyle Shanahan goes, hey, man, I, I'm, I'm going to dial up these plays, and don't worry. These yeah. cats will be open, you know? And so, like, you get a high level of confidence. And I think that that's – if they can get Kenny a little – obviously, it's not going to happen in seven weeks, but a little bit to that, I think he's capable. Yeah. Yeah, man. Rude boys out there everywhere <laughs> mm-hmm. slinging the pill. Trust Love everything eyes, about man. it. D-Bud has a question for you about the the process now in this entire thing. Yeah, I saw was, uh, I know you played for Sullivan. I'm not sure who – was it Faulkner? Yeah. The other guy? Okay, the combination of an offensive coordinator and then the other guy calling the plays. Like, how do you feel about that? How does that work throughout the week and then on Sundays? Yeah, I've been at places that we had like a run game coordinator, a pass game coordinator, or co-coordinator. I've never believed in that. I've never been a fan of it. Um, but I don't know like the end of building situation, D-Butt. So yep. I don't know if this is going to be, hey, Mike Sullivan's going to work because he's. I believe he's been the quarterback coach. Mm-hmm. Yep. So he's going to continue to work directly with Kenny Pickett. You don't want to remove him from that room. And Faulkner, I believe you guys said, is going to be the offensive coordinator. So he might be the guy that is you know, running the meetings or helping build the install. I would imagine this is a collaborative effort. But this is, again, again I, I think the – necessity or the desire to keep Mike Sullivan as close to Kenny Pickett as possible on a day-to-day basis probably takes precedence here and play calling wise he's at least called plays in the NFL so that that's going to be a benefit to him but hopefully for them it's collaborative so when the offense coordinator is not the play caller what does that mean does that mean on game days they say I want to run the ball and then (laughs) offense coordinator that's calling plays has to call a run or how does that (laughs) I'm like, throw it deep yeah, right now. Figure it out. <laughs> Call the right yeah, one. How's that? Yeah. I, I, I don't necessarily know exactly how that'll get up because usually it's the head coach that's kind of handling the situational thoughts of, hey, third and three here. We're going to go for it on fourth and down. Do what you want. Or let's take our shot. Or, hey, let's really be focused on getting our run game going. I think that usually is going to come from the head coach. I don't know how it'll go between those guys because at some point, I think a lot of times too, like you guys know this, these coaches get so ahead of stuff like, Hey, this is going to be our seventh, third and four call, you know? And so you just got to be very cautious of that, not just predetermining every play call and getting the feel for the game. So it's the coordinator is so often the guy that's building the plan, building the way that they want to attack the defense and the play callers, the person that's calling the shot with 10 seconds or 12. Usually it's the same person, obviously, but that'd be interesting to see how it goes. Yeah. Will they both be on the sideline or one be up in a booth? Ooh, yeah. Like will Faulkner be up in the booth with the eyes in the sky and Sullivan's on the sideline, let him know what he sees. I think he wants Sullivan on the sideline still. Cause my thing, someone did this the other day in the NFL, they took their coordinator and I read that no one was talking to the quarterback during in between series. 
Who was it? it and was like you got it. Hack? It might have been Buffalo. Two weeks ago, when did they move their coordinator? And so, like, you got to have somebody. You got to have somebody there in between series that's looking at pictures with the quarterback and going over what's the plan. Hey, tell me what you saw. What are the things that you're seeing? Um, next time we get this look, this is our thoughts. You know, hey, this is the plan for how we want to attack this. Look, you got to have somebody there. So I would imagine Mike Sullivan has been that guy, and I would I would want to keep him in that role. Yeah, whenever we learned about Matthew Canada being up in the booth and never calling plays from the sideline, then him going down to the sideline, them having success seemingly, that's when that conversation kind of started for us like yeah you would want to be able to see guys talk to guys also feel if guys are having good days or bad Mm -hmm. days like you can tell if a guy is feeling it like hey we need to get this guy the ball seems like he has more juice today seems like things are going his way like feeling that is a big deal so being isolated uh I, i never really fully comprehended that move faulkner up there eyes in the sky though sullivan diner them two figuring it out that first quarter i'm excited to see if it's just Sullivan yeah. do your thing you got about 10 plays though mm-hmm. you got about 10 plays <laughs> and then we see how it all goes pickens probably happy Naj probably happy yep. deontay probably happy yeah jayla warren. Warren. warren should be a feature part of their offense too so thank you Dan. yeah don't he he's been like that since the beginning too yeah it, it has been as soon as he got there pretty much he's been the explosion yeah. of their offense pretty much let's move away from the pittsburgh steelers let's go another place where the seat's getting a little bit hot seemingly yeah dano do you think the chargers as they're presently constructed can be fixed under Brandon Staley at least I mean it seems like you know they just they just continually find new ways to lose close games and then post game uh he it was really weird like he kind of put the blame on the players and then in the end like tied it up by saying like but ultimately it's on me you know I I got to be better about kind of getting everyone to come together like is there anything they can do or is it kind of are we are we at the end of this stake and and he needs to go and what kind of coach do you think the Chargers do need to hire to kind of maximize this window they're in with Justin Herbert yeah no I don't think they can and I'm a massive fan of Brandon Staley's um I, 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 the reality is that this is an underwhelming and underachieving football team as, as underwhelming and as underachieving as we've seen in the NFL in two or three years. This is as talented a group that we have had roster wise in the NFL over the last two or three years as maybe two or three teams equal with them. Number one, defensively, no team, no team blows more coverages than the Chargers. Dude, you go back to the Lions game last week, the first play of the game, it's a blown coverage. You go back this past weekend versus the, 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 the Packers, there's three or four more blown coverages, guys running into each other, not passing things off. So, uh, that's too consistently. That, that's happening too consistently. The second thing is this: like, there's been no evidence that the people that are there right now can take Justin Herbert or have Justin Herbert take this team to a different level. There's no evidence right now, and that and that again, that, I'm never never fun to say that, but we don't. We've seen Justin Herbert be historical in his first four years in the NFL, and they're like a 500 football team. They're a 500 football team. With a, a roster that the year before, they, remember, the, the, I think the year before, two years before they drafted Justin, they were 12 and four and I, the divisional round of the AFC title game, something like that. So within two years, the roster was really good. They're absolutely loaded talent wise. 
Money. And you, oh, yeah. you mean to tell me that they're a 500 football team with a quarterback who's historically good? Yeah, yeah. And the owner's saying the same thing. He's been paying a lot of money. Yeah. 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 I paid a lot of money to a lot of people here. How have we gotten worse during this entire thing? You can tell that Stanley yeah, the knows. Type of coach has gotta be, the type of coach has got to be one that... Um, Say it, Bill Belichick. Huh? Is this the is this the rumor that you heard? Oh yeah, you got yourself into some real oh, yeah. shit with yeah. that. Remember that, Dano? That was awesome. Determined. <laughs> I don't know how other. I I, I got to figure out a way to say like, hey, I'm a human being, so I've heard stuff. I'm not a, a reporter, but I have ears that people make fun of for their size, so I'm, I I can share stuff that I've heard. But you got everyone good size ears. You do. About hey, those are good ears. You got good ears. Yeah, I got a good set of ears, bub. Um, they hear things. You know, I don't know. Coach wise, like uh, you sit there and say, is Justin Herbert broken? No. So it's not just, hey, get a coach that fixes Justin Herbert. That's not the issue. You got to get a coach that fixes everything around Justin Herbert. Culture. And I think that's oh, yeah. probably their, their, yeah, their biggest charge. What was the stat you just said? Uh, 14 th- losses by three or fewer points since 2020. That's tough. Yeah. Some of it's like mismanagement at the end of games or some Situation decisions. Football, yeah. 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 Some not of it's that. Field goals. Some of it's the other team getting lucky. Yeah. I mean, that's going to happen every once in a while, but sure. there's Take just turns. too much of that in one place to happen over. Yeah. It's like, are the football gods just not happy with them or is maybe something else kind of brewing i think the staley convo will be one that will be fascinating looking back because he was on our show and we asked him like hey you from the mcveigh coaching tree or what he he said i come from the dave and dave linda. linda dave yeah. and linda his parents uh coaching tree they're both high school coaches i guess and that's how he views mm-hmm. this whole thing and his relationships with his players are paramount that's how he does and the decisions he makes isn't because of stats it's because of his belief mm-hmm. in his players he's like ted lasso yep you know what yeah, I mean? He's like yeah. Ted Lasso in there, and it certainly has not worked thus no, far no. with the Chargers. This guy picked them to go to the Super Bowl the last three years. You no, know, right. last year I did. I mean, you talked about Dan and the, the team that Tom Telesco has put together. Like, I mean, that roster, obviously Justin Herbert's phenomenal. But it's almost like they just take turns, you know, messing up. Keenan Allen had some uncharacteristic drops. Johnston had to drop late down the sideline. Eckler fumbled inside the five-yard line. So it's definitely – not all on Staley, but when it's just sure. this and that and this and that, like you, you got to build, you got to rebuild that culture from the ground up for sure. You talk about drops for the it's Chargers. It's also a desire. Like oh. that, that place is a desirable place right now for a coach. I mean, you have oh, Justin yeah. Herbert. Yeah. And yeah. LA. You're going to pay 80% taxes probably when it's all said and done. Right. You know, you start piecing it all together. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that'll be good. That'll be fun. Beautiful Weather's weather. nice. Beautiful Gorgeous. weather. Stadium is awesome. Yeah, Although man. if it rains, it will come inside. Yeah. Right. We've experienced that. You talk about 32nd pass defense, though. Damn, mention it. Like, D butt. Is there a team that blows more coverages, bro, man? Like, every, is there a team that you sit there and you go, my goodness? It, it's, my goodness. it's, it's bad. Dirty we had, um, they were on a couple plays, everything to be like, bad we yeah, just, bad, just bad alignment, yeah. pointing fingers. Hey, where you here? The Romeo Dobbs go ahead, touchdown. They're knocking each yeah. other off coverage. Like, I mean, that's, that's, that's a shit show. And Staley got that job being a, you know, defensive mastermind. Genius. Yeah. Remember, yeah. he was a quarterback who, uh, was a defense coordinator, so he saw the game through a quarterback side. So the defensive side has not worked out. You talk about those drops for the Chargers. Let's talk about a big drop last night. MVS has owned it. He went on to social media on X and said, hey, listen, yeah. to whom much is given, much is expected, I get it. I- I'm grateful I'll be better, and I appreciate the criticism and the support. God put this on me because he knew I could handle it. Okay? Couldn't handle the ball last night. <laughs> oh! oh! <laughs> oh! 
Swing. Gratitude for everything that comes with it. You didn't deserve that MVS. I mean, this is going to happen. There's a minute 40 left. Who knows <laughs> if the Eagles were to get the ball back, what they would do with it. And maybe Jalen Hurts does what Jalen Hurts has seemingly done since he got in the NFL, which is walk down the field and maybe win that thing for Philadelphia. So, although this is a detrimental loss mm. for the Kansas City Chiefs, and this drop sucks, it would have been an incredible catch. Patrick Mahomes would later say, I should have threw it a little bit shorter so we didn't have to dive for it, yep. which is the epitome of professionalism. But let's talk about yeah. that Kansas City Chiefs team. They look different than they have in the past. Obviously, we're going to compare them to their best football that we've seen them play over the last few yeah. years all the time. Normally, at the beginning of seasons, they start out slow. They don't cover. This year, the convo is they can't do what they've done in the past. They don't have enough weapons. They don't have the right weapons. The offense looks sluggish. And... Patrick Mahomes only has Travis Kelsey as a weapon. Last night, Justin Watson got targeted like 12 times or something like that. That's cool. Rice got loose a little bit. Mm -hmm. Pacheco runs hard. Then they were moving Tony into the backfield, maybe get him a rock as a running back. What are your thoughts on the Chiefs? Can they win it? And this Eagles team, all they do is win. All they do is win. The question is, can they continue to win ugly? Yeah. That seems like all they do. They just win games. What are your takeaways from last night? And how do you feel about the Chiefs? Yeah, Chiefs Chiefs can absolutely win it. They're the best team in the AFC still. Um, I honestly, I walk away from that game thinking the Chiefs are a better football team than the Eagles. If 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 the Chiefs and the Eagles both played their A game, the Chiefs completely outplayed in so many different areas the Eagles. Except Patrick's interception in the red zone, it's a bad throw. Now, it's a really nice football IQ play by Bayard, but it's a bad throw. So Patrick's yeah. probably not going to have that happen often. Kelsey fumbles. And honestly, if you watch the fumble, Kelsey's actually trying to cover the ball with two hands. It's just a nice punch out by Roby. So take six points off the board there. And there's five drops. And one of them is for a guaranteed touchdown. So I sit there and I go, hey, man, like if if that doesn't happen now, because I was watching you guys on first take this morning. Obviously, we know some, you know, like, hey, are the Chiefs issues fixable? Yeah, I, I, I Easily, their, their issues are penalties and bad situations and drops. So if they can fix those things, and I guess that's the giant if. But I walk away saying, man, if if that does happen, and I at some point I think NFL guys catch the football. Like it's because I so I had them in Germany, right? I had them for the Dolphins game, and I asked them point blank: Andy Reid, Matt Nagy, Patrick, what do you like? What's the deal with the drops? And they all said to a T, like. We just have to focus on the ball. Like, we just, you know, and I, I was to, trying to watch the, the MVS. <laughs> yeah, but, like, they even, like, the MVS yeah. drop, his eyes are there. Um, so I don't really have a ton of concerns about the Chiefs. I don't. I, I think it's when it, when it, as the season goes and into the playoffs, I'm banking on those guys catching the ball, which um, is something that they can control. Penalties got to get p- pulled away. I, I'd say this about it. Um, two things about like a little deeper into that game, Pat. Number one, I do think it's fair to say that they got to get on the same page with throws down the field. That that's been a that to me is more of an issue than the drops. Like if you and and Troy talked about it on the gamecast or the telecast last night, Justin Watson down the sideline and Watson like is leaning in and Patrick throws the ball on the outside. Yeah. I think that's a miscommunication. I think Justin Watson has a post there, and for us offensive guys like usually when we have a big post that's usually going to run to the middle field and we get press single high man i've been at places it's a little bit of an assumption by me but i've been at places where you convert the post to a go route and so patrick throws it like a go route watson 
runs it like he doesn't see the coverage. So that's number one. And then the corner route, the MVS, that's incomplete, I think, in the third quarter. Patrick throws it like the like he wants he wants him to go higher, to, like essentially towards the pylon instead of flatter. And I think that's more of an issue for me than the drops is like getting on the same page. And then I do think Brian Johnson called a really good second half for Philly. And I got to give him credit Boy, for that because they don't like him. Dude, like if you internet go doesn't like, the, I'm just telling you, I'm, I'm saying they, the internet. No, what are they? Who yeah. But like, if, if you go watch the Jalen hurts run, D Buttle can know this as well. Like, the touchdown run, mm-hmm. it's on third down, first down. So if I ask D-Butt, what is, who is Steve Spagnuolo's like, identity and got to have it situations? Down here, it's like here comes pressure. pressure on first yep. down, he brought all-out pressure. On second down, he brought all-out pressure. On third down, he brought all-out pressure. All of it from the field. So Brian Johnson does a great job of thinking, okay, here comes pressure from the field. I run away. And then if you guys have the clip of third and five, it's it's the play before the Devontae Smith bomb to, uh, like down to the one-yard line. To me, that's the play of the game because, again, in those situations, who's Steve Spagnola? Well, they're going to double-team people, and he does an awesome job of motioning Devontae over. Devontae gets doubled on that play, and he does a great job of getting him into like a stack bunch, and the double-team gets left all the way on the outside. Like Those guys are covering the sideline, and Devontae's open on third and five. For I, I think that is the play of the game. So i got to give Brian Johnson credit. Okay, let's go to the other side. I don't think we have that play. We'll try to find it for you by the end of this whole thing uh, because that was the play of the game in yeah. Dan Rolovsky's eyes. And you said something in that answer. is maybe the most TV answer I've ever heard said. Last night, I learned that the Chiefs were a better football team than the Eagles when the Eagles just beat the Chiefs. Yeah. That was one of maybe the most TV thing I've ever heard. It was awesome. And then you dive into it, it's like, oh, I get it. If they're both going to play perfect games, you feel like the Chiefs are further along than the Eagles are at this point. But the Eagles, you know, Roby punched that thing out. So even though he was – Great punch They out. make yeah. plays. Sure. You know what I mean? Like they're probably saying the reason why they didn't play a perfect game is because they were playing us. That's what the Eagles have done in a long, long time. Now let's talk about that guy right there, Travis Kelsey. So there's a large yeah. portion of that game last night where he didn't get the ball. You know, just Justin Watson guy, white, wearing number 80-something's getting the rock. What? And if you're just watching, you're like, oh, is that Travis? No. Oh, is that Travis? Oh. Hmm. Oh, is that Travis? It's not. <laughs> Aren't we at the point now, and I know he's getting double teamed and taken away on third down in red zones where normally he would feast and everything. Aren't we at the time where Andy Reid needs to maybe drop some plays to make him open? You know what I mean? Like, isn't it? Because everything is always like, well... Travis runs Travis routes. He just kind of gets open. He figures it out. Well, when you have yeah. a safety in a corner or a linebacker and a safety on him every single time he does anything, he's never going to technically be open. Can we not get to the point where we Somebody. get creative with Travis Kelsey a little bit to maybe feed him some balls early so we get him in there? He's a skilled player. Yeah. He needs to get in there yeah. early, I think. Don't you think so? Yeah, great question. So my my answer is two-part. So great question. I think they are doing it a little bit, Pat. It's just that, you know, like – Teams are following him. Teams are dedicating people to him. I mean, he's getting double and triple teamed. You know, you can only design football plays so much or try to hide guys so many different ways. I do think, like, the the other part of this is they have tackle issues. Both of those tackles are not not great right now, and they haven't been all season. Mm. Travis so often is the person that has to help in protection. Like, if you watch a lot of those plays, they'll either start Travis there or motion Travis down to – He had a great block last night. To one of those – do you see him on that right run play coming to the left? I think he turned sweat. Like it was like a full on, not known for his blocking. Yeah, no. Travis not known but for his blocking. More for like pass protection, Pat. Like oh, gotcha. for like a chip, a chip or something yeah, yeah, to try yeah. to help those guys. So, you know, when you have 
a little bit of the tackle issues, and then you're going against Philly, and he's getting double teamed. It's it's like if he's going to get double teamed, why not take the double team, waste it, have him chip to help with the protection, and then allow some of those other guys. It, last night, it, the issue was not getting open last night. The issue was actually catching the rock. So I, I think they're trying, but it's they're in a tough situation with those tackles. Yeah, I think it was like a quarter, a full quarter before Travis was even targeted or yeah. anything. It was like, damn, dude, is Travis Kelsey playing yeah. football tonight? Let's get that guy the rock. Here's the play you were talking about. Play of the game. Ladies and gentlemen, let's go to the play of the game brought to you by Verizon here with Dan Orlovsky. Yeah, so watch, the, watch, watch the safety and the guy, the corner outside. Deep Butt can talk to it. Look at They both get stuck outside. He's getting AJ Brown and him both get double teamed there, but they do an awesome job of getting him on the inside. And then, like, the tight end widens and he widens with them. So both the defenders kind of play over the top. And that's why he becomes uncovered in the middle. So, it, again, Brian Johnson calls that perfect play known. Okay, Spags, you're, you're, you double, you double the two best guys in this situation. And he gets him into a position where. Like, he gives him a chance. Now, Devontae runs a really nice route, but he gives him the best chance. I think there's a replay coming here. Yep, here we go. Yeah, so look at, look at, watch, watch how the, those two to Chief, see those yeah. two Chief defenders? Yeah. That's bad, that's bad by Edwards. Edwards, Edwards got to stay inside. That's the, uh, we used to call it Zampezi follow. Um, but obviously, that first one's going to clear out with the crosser. And when you have that yeah. double team, Edwards, I don't know why you're outside if Watson's outside. So that's, I think that's a. See, can we a not blown give Travis Kelsey one of those? Yeah. <laughs> can we not give but Travis? See, but see, but see the Devontae release, like yeah. him releasing outside, that has to help him just a little bit, right? Oh, for sure. That just helps, uh, yeah. you know, to time it. It's part of the timing of the route. Yeah. And obviously, yeah. but when you have two dedicated to, it's really four over three. Yeah, right. So you're going to have an extra guy. You yes. want to be on the same, on different. Leverages you can't both be uh, outside yeah. leverage, but that is a great play design, and obviously knowing what's coming uh, with Spags, great execution, great patience, and a good throw from uh, Hurts too. Yeah, play of the game. Yeah, I mean I love. I well, mean third down, the big play. That, it's that, third and five. That slot they don't fade. get it. Play of the game. The slot fade's a great Seven play, minutes. but like that's just Devontae just running by a safety. Yeah. You know, like obviously. That's the thing. That's the difference between us and Dan Orlovsky. Mm-hmm. We yeah. see a third and five like that, we go, "Hey, that was a big time pickup." <laughs> Dan goes. Play of the game. Boom, right there. Play of the game right there. That's why we love you. We appreciate you so much. Have an incredible day. You got NFL Live today like you did yesterday? <laughs> yeah, yesterday. Yeah, NFL Live today, Sports Center, And then uh, no work tomorrow, bub. No work tomorrow. Well, enjoy yourself. Wow. You deserve wow. it. Ladies and gentlemen, Dan Orlovsky. Thank, Thank, Thank you, buddy. Thank you, Dan. Part of that Kelsey shit is nobody else puts any fear in the defense heart. You know, that, that last player, they set, Roby set on MVS. He runs by him, drops the ball. But, like, your game plan is Kelsey run game. But then once they get in that red area, it gets tougher. That's when Kelsey, you know, starts getting open. You design some things. Pacheco was moving. Yeah. Pacheco, I don't know why they stopped And then they take him the out. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I have nothing but respect for Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, everybody over there. But this dude runs so hard. <laughs> and he's getting nine-yard gains, and he's celebrating. Like, I appreciate the way this guy, everything he brings to the field whenever he's on there. And he's been like this since jump out of Rutgers. He runs through the ground every yep. single step, every time he has the ball. And in the first half, they're going, 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 going. Then they take him off the field. They bring in Tony at running back, which I assume that was a bye week ad. Like, hey, sure. we're going to get this guy mm-hmm. into the backfield. Maybe add a little spunk. You ask him. That. He did good there, too. And mm-hmm. then, But in, in return, you have to take Pacheco off the field, I guess. I, it wasn't... There's just a lot of stuff going on whenever you see a team not be as great as you expect them to be because they're the Kansas City Chiefs that you start like pointing at, mm-hmm. like, yeah. and this, and this, and this. And I think what me, Orlovsky, and maybe some others are saying, 
They'll figure it out. Yeah. They will figure it out over there. Patrick Mahomes nope. said so, – he gave an answer of some sort about how uh, – he was asked about how Tom Brady's regular season is about finding your identity. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all the regular season was for. Now, you need to win games, but let's find our identity. Let's get better for whenever football actually matters. I think it's a Bill Belichick method. Yeah. Okay, It isn't until Thanksgiving mm-hmm. that these games actually matter. I think this Chiefs team right now is still trying to figure out with this new team that we have. It's not going to look like the same team we had before, but with this new team – I think Andy Reid's going to be able to figure it out, personally. And until he doesn't, I will continue to pay him the respect that his brain is a big one. Well, and it's like the first Chiefs team, I feel like we've seen at least, where like the defense is a massive strength of the entire team. So you would think that you know it's probably harder to do in just saying it, but like if they just run the football and play defense, they're going to win so many games just because of how good they are on both sides of the ball. One of five teams on the AFC with three losses. That's at the top of the AFC right now. Yep. And then there's four lost teams, five yep. lost teams. There's even six and seven lost teams that are still in it because of the damn AFC being so damn tight. So is it fixable? Absolutely. Is the AFC gettable for everybody? Absolutely. Even that Pittsburgh Steelers team with a brand new looking offense this weekend, Ty. Do you think part of it, though, like no disrespect to MVS, but like Dan saying like, hey, they they just got to catch the ball and they will like Drops have kind of plagued him throughout his entire career. Like, I mean, he was, you couldn't wait to get that out. There. No, I, I, I loved MVS. I, I was sad to see him leave the Packers. I really was because he is a true like deep threat. But like, he's he, this has been an issue of his for for a while now. So like, is it as easy as just like all of a sudden they're going to start rolling and like he is going to start catching these deep balls? Who knows? Uh, put some jugs machines out there. There you yeah. go. Need more jugs machines Man. in Kansas City. Use them. <laughs> now is a college football national champion, a Super Bowl champion, a Ryder Cup winner, a father of 10, president of Ohio, and a COVID survivor. Ladies and gentlemen, A.J. Hawk. AJ, AJ, firing of an offensive coordinator. Are you growing your hair out? Are we doing hair? Are you... Uh. Huh. No, I, just, I need a haircut. It's not going to be for a while now. Thanksgiving really threw that off. So, yeah, it might, might grow it out for a little bit. Okay. Hey, could you imagine you just grow that thing straight yeah. out? Oh, Bring yeah. it back. Yeah, that jawline will be and then, oh, mm-hmm. we get a whole thing going. Yep. That'll be yeah, awesome. Maybe. Firing of an offense coordinator middle of the season. Uh, what does that mean in your eyes? And how do you think the whole team will respond, A.J. Hawk? Well, especially for this being the first time in franchise history, correct, that they have fired a coordinator in season? 1941 is what the ESPN stats people said. First time a head coach or coordinator has been fired during the season by the Pittsburgh Steelers since 1941. Long time ago. Long time ago. Long time ago. Yeah, that's a big deal, obviously. And I I saw a lot of uh, Tom Wynn's presser saying it was all me. I was a bit surprised when he basically is taking all of it, saying, hey, I didn't even – Ask the GM or the owner. I just did this. Is that how operations normally go over there? Uh, I don't. We, it never, hasn't happened since 1941, right. so that's I don't fair. know if that's how it normally goes. But I think Tomlin has always been pseudo GM, head coach, decision maker, whenever he wanted. Pretty much, isn't that kind of how it's always been viewed over there? Yeah, but I was shocked to hear like you don't go to the owner and say, "Hey, Mr. Rooney, I'm I'm letting Matt Canada go today." Like I was shocked to hear that if that he didn't even tell them. Yeah, but also, he probably sent him a memo. Mm-hmm. There They've been one. communicating throughout the season, I would imagine, oh, where, okay, like, this is, we have to have plans for all kinds of situations. Yeah, send him a smoke signal, let him know it's coming. Like, hey, there's about to be some news. Just what wait. is it? I just, or who? The guy we all hate. Or, you know, got rid of him. <laughs> Maybe he couldn't tell him because they would have said no. And then. So that was, there was mixed reports coming out of Pittsburgh this morning from like actual 
Pittsburgh Steelers media, people that have covered the Pittsburgh Steelers for a long time, been in the building for a long time, know a lot of people that have either formerly played for the Steelers, worked for the Steelers, or currently working for the Steelers. The one report was Art Rooney II, Art Rooney named after his grandfather. He's the one that actually fired offense coordinator McKenna. Then that spurred other reporters of the Pittsburgh Steelers to be like, yeah, Art Rooney was the one that hired him. So, And then that led to the conversation like, oh, has Tomlin not been allowed to fire this guy this entire time? So maybe that is why Tomlin came out and was like, y'all better relax. Okay, I'm not. Yeah, I can fire a coach if I want to fire a coach. There's been a lot of chitter chatter around here. But he also said and alluded to in a press conference that you talked about that started at noon today as we went live. He basically said, I do not like this because this makes him feel as if he's pawning blame off on somebody else as the head coach. I respected that take out of Mike Tomlin, AJ. Oh, absolutely. I know he, he even said in his press, like with all transparency, like he, he talked about how tough of a decision it is. And it's true. Like, we look at them like they're not human. Some people dress up as them for Halloween at times Whoa. and want to mock the whole situation. But we know there's humans involved, and something like this affects a bunch of people down the line. So, yeah, it's a big deal to let a coordinator go. There are humans involved. He was not one of them. But what? You said you were I mean, just hit. No, we, we literally just said we don't know if he's a good guy. Here's what Tyler Biggs oh. tweeted today <laughs> as soon know. as the news came out. and. That's him on the left there dressed up as just Matt Canada. That's what he said. Yep. yep. I'm just Matt Canada. Well, you look like you dress up like a devil. A little bit. No, no, no. Just Matt Canada. Canada. This is how it is. And this is how Yinzers and Steelers fans have felt about the guy who got fired this morning for <laughs> some time. But basically, you just you ripped off the Independence Day speech. Is that what happened? That's how you took that? Yeah, kind of. Is that what everybody, is that what everybody there's, else is there's saying? There's bits and pieces from there. Like if you were to. You got to influence a little bit. One of the best speeches of all time. If you were so to Google good. it, some words would match. Yeah. Is that Pullman, Bill Pullman? Yeah, it's Bill yeah. Pullman. Okay, he he rallied America on it. <laughs> I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> Come on. 19th. Dude, he 20th. started out the show, bro. He started out talking about centuries, 2021st century, yep. the history of dictators, this guy, walls, talking about the Berlin Wall going yep. down. That's how he described Matt Canna, like as a dictator that has been holding their happiness Bingo. as a sacrifice in Pittsburgh with his terrible play calling and kind of just besmirching the entire franchise yep. and organization. We had to go to fake grocery stores. Uh, they weren't real grocery stores because we're actually just felt, we were just fed crack and things like that. Slop. Yep. I didn't know you were going to double down on this. <laughs> yeah, went all the way to North Korea. Yeah, Thank I, you. I had no idea. Yeah, Kim Jong, they say he uh, he's quite a meth uh, peddler. Yeah, big meth guy. Yeah, that's what they oh, say. Oh, really? That's yeah. what they say. We've been on top of the Jim Kong news long before long anybody else, and I don't know if now's the time, but we did commit <laughs> a good four to five months of our show to Kim Jong-un and the happenings yep, a lot of updates around there. North Korea. And just so happens, while we're in the middle of that, a lot of things started happening. Yep. And then also, this guy shot an 18 and 18 holes of golf. Yeah, right. <laughs> Holy oh. hell. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That, that was the stuff we started good. learning. Yep. He was an incredible fisherman, too. I think oh. he pulled the biggest fish out yep. of the... Oh, yeah. And from Japan. the free throw line. I saw him dunk from the free throw line. Yeah, yeah. there was a lot of things we were learning about him because he, he was crossing into sports. Yeah, bowling. So he kind of forced yeah, to do he that. He beat Rodman's ass in the game of one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, we didn't like it, but it was kind of our thing. But yeah, Tone basically called Matt Canada a dictator. And that's what he said. And Mac, so to say he's a human, we would like to echo that sentiment. And the way Tone speaks and dresses about Matt Canada is not necessarily how we feel. But we do think that there is a chance for real opportunity here for not only Pittsburgh Steelers, but Kenny Pickett. They're still in the middle of it all. Six and four, winning record. People would die to have that record right now in the AFC. When if you rattle off a couple wins, all of a sudden you're climbing, 
quickly in the conference standings. The Steelers could do that with that defense. Yeah, well, and we heard Dano. He said, really, the only thing they need to do to unlock it is Kenny Pickett just needs to realize, like, hey, I just got to confidently throw it more than five (laughs) yards down the field, and everything's going to be okay. And he hasn't been able to do that so far, but... Who knows? Maybe Matt Canada was the guy who's kind of holding him back. That was the litmus test in uh, Dan Orlovsky's eyes. Yep. Kenny Pickett's just got to be able to complete passes of five and a half yards and more. <laughs> then he buried Brock Purdy. This is the NFL. And then he said, <laughs> yeah. you know, like guys like Brock Purdy, they don't have good arm talent. No. And they're able to, they're able to. <laughs> it was wild. You really? It was uh, wild. I heard most of it. I didn't hear that part. Yeah, he said he's yeah. not throwing it through a windstorm or anything. And then he was like, oh. hey, Shata, rude boy. Yeah, man, to me. He came out of nowhere. I was, yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. I was so flustered. Yeah. I didn't know. It was great convo. It always is a good convo. Yeah, every time. Speaking yeah. of good convos, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to talk to a man who is defying all medical conversation. His return after an Achilles blow is something that the world is admiring from afar and from close range. Megan Rapino in her last ever soccer game, blew her Achilles just a couple minutes in. And immediately afterwards, as she was trending number one on X and on Twitter, she said, I'm calling this guy to find out how I can recover quickly. That's going to be the new norm with how this guy's been handling this particular season. Ladies and gentlemen, the 39-year-old quarterback of the New York Jets, four-time MVP, Aaron Rodgers. How you doing, man? I'm good. Back in the rehab facility, man. Back in the Achilles factory. Okay, let's talk about the Achilles factory. You're in there. A lot of sports pundits have been chit-chatting about your return to the Jets, especially now with how bad the New York Jets have looked on television with all of us watching. Has there been a little bit of a conversation in your mind about slowing down rehab because maybe the Jets won't still be in it whenever you can finally get back on the field? No, not at all. I mean, uh, I find those two are mutually exclusive. You know, my... Speed at which I'm doing the rehab has been kind of the same from the beginning. It's, it's to push it as hard as we can every single day, and you know, as long as we're not uh, stretching the Achilles, um, you know, we feel like we're in a good place. So I'm thankful f- to uh, you know Doc and, and Heather and Double A and my IFC, you know, my IPC that's uh, inflating right now. My hey, it's good machine. Yeah. That's a good machine. That machine's been doing it. All the modalities that we're doing, um, but no, we're going to push it as hard as we can. Uh, Listen, there's been some four and six teams that have made runs over the years. Back in 2016, there was a, a team in in the NFC North that uh, people were counting out. They went on a run. Ty probably remembers this one. And oh, we, yeah. You know, won eight in a row and went to the uh, NFC Championship That's game. Right. There was a team in 2009 in the Big Apple, well, Jersey, that was four and six, finished nine and seven, went to the AFC Championship game. So... Listen, uh, the season is definitely not over. It's not dead. There's a lot left to play for. Uh, I'm excited about where I'm at in my rehab, and uh, things are progressing uh, as quickly as I thought they would once I've been able to uh, uh, to jog on a treadmill and excited about uh, getting back to the team and, and, uh, and seeing where I'm at. Okay, so you're saying uh, jog on a treadmill is what you're what, – there was a video. Jay Glazer had a couple updates. He said you're back December 2nd. Uh, that's kind of the goal. December 2nd is the goal. And also, you sent a video to the Jets where the Jets people were like, holy shit. Whoa. 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 That's what they were saying. What was the video and December 2nd actual date that you're trying to get back to football? That's a Saturday. Uh, it's also my birthday. Um, I'm not exactly sure where he got that date from. I have said uh, that I'd love to be you know, trending towards practicing by my birthday. Maybe that 
You know, ah. gave me the telephone, got back that I wanted to, you know. But I don't think there's any reason in, in opening, uh, you know, a designated to return off of IR on a Saturday um, unless you're going to activate me on a Sunday. So I, I don't oh. think that that's necessarily uh, the way the things are going uh, as far as specific dates. But, yeah, I sent, uh, you know, I, I like to keep in touch with the guys and, and let them know what my progress is. So I just sent a couple of the boys uh, a video of me uh, on the treadmill. Um, as you know, they're interested in my rehab where I'm at. So I haven't been back in, a, in uh, to the facility uh, in a few weeks. Obviously, we played Vegas, and then I, I wasn't back uh, in Buffalo. But um, just keeping them updated on where I'm at. Uh, can we run that video? Yeah, where is it? Uh, no, uh, I don't know how to do that. I would have to send you the video, and then you'd have to run the video. Um, it's pretty easy. It's not, we can do it's it. nothing special. Just me on a on the Alter G uh, running at, uh, um, you know, certain mile per hour with a certain body, per- body weight hour. percentage. So. Can't run, don't want to run it, though. If it was to happen to get to my phone, we do not want to run that for the people. Yeah, definitely don't want to do that. Okay. All right. It did look good, though. From If it's a video that I saw, it is a hell of – hey, you're doing it, dude. You are in the middle of doing it. Like, that video – I'm not on the Jets, obviously, but when Jay Glazer said – he saw some videos, they lost their mind. If it's the same video that I potentially just saw, like, hey – for real, it is bananas what you're doing right now. And you keep sandbagging too, saying no real developments in rehab, no real this, you know, kind of a slow week. And then all of a sudden it's just like, boom, boom, boom. You're crushing it, man. You're crushing it, man. Before AJ jumps in, I didn't see the uh, the Glazer. Uh, did he, he must have been on Fox. Is there a way I can get a reenactment from somebody on the panel? Or Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Is that- Listen, I have... <laughs> It, within good reason. Okay, got sources everywhere in New York. Obviously, I'm a fucking legend in New York. Can't oh, no. Jay. Jay's got one. Oh, no. Jay Glazer's not even on the show. Drop the F He's got That's one. That's all I wanted right there. Uh, That's okay, the first time it. I've done that. Okay, That's enough. Thanks, guys. We got it. All right, AJ. Thanks, Jay. Hey. Wow. Hashtag Jay knew, didn't he? Yep. Jay knew. Yeah, he always does. Yeah, jeez. I, I think we played Ty and Jay. Yeah, no, Ty, Ty's still clean. That, that was not him. A half we were in character. To... Uh, we were at eight days, by the way, with no effort. That was our best. Oh, is that man. the guy from? Is that the guy over there from Wichita? Or <laughs> <laughs> reporting live from Wichita. Rake be, the it's berries. Gonna, it's gonna be tough to leave, live that one down. Rake the berries, face, Aaron. Right to his face. So every day now, because I'm because of rehab, and it's fantastic. <laughs> and that was that was a good moment. Oh that boy, moment. it was good for the program. Yeah, yeah. It was electric. Good. Great for the program. I mean, there's not a lot of times where Barry Sanders speaking where you're like, Barry, shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta we gotta address something. What the hell did you just say? <laughs> what did you do? I and off. I caught myself. I was gonna say it the right way. You were. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you're such a weird. I was right. Wichita, that's weird. Got to be Wichita. (laughs) Got to be. Anyways, uh, all right, let's move along. Great to see you back. Great to hear you're almost back. Close to your birthday, too. Cool stuff. AJ has a question for you. Hey, you mentioned you want to strain your Achilles. You don't want to stretch it. I would assume at some point in the rehab process you have to stretch that thing, right? Age. (laughs) Okay, that was almost as bad as Wichita, but I never said I want to – Strain. That's. I don't think that's a good thing. Strain my kids. You don't want to Rest, stretch it. We want. We don't want to stretch it. No, 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 no. no. Let's let's go back to what you actually said. You said okay. strain, right? Yeah. No, I don't want to strain my Achilles. I want like to stress it. Stress my Achilles, but I don't want to stretch my Achilles. 
so, when do we stretch the Achilles? I would assume that's a, th- a box you got to check before you try to get back on the field with the boys December 3rd. <laughs> it's coming up. Um, yeah. <laughs> when do, I don't even know what the question was. I was still thinking when are we stretching this thing? We've been doing we a lot of stretching. Stretch eventually, right? When are we stretching? We've got to stretch it eventually. Just got to keep strengthening it. We're strengthening it. A lot of it happens once I get my heel all the way on the ground. Hmm which usually doesn't happen before 12 weeks. Obviously, we're way ahead of kind of common protocol. So, um, But the, the jogging, I think, has exponentially improved the strength, and then it's kind of sped up like I thought it would uh, the rest of the healing. So um, after some weeks where it was kind of slow going, where I couldn't notice a lot of big gains once i got on the treadmill and was able to increase the speed above a walking pace uh things have progressed pretty nicely the last few weeks okay and every day that you run i assume there's a a full like post run test like how do we do is this thing swollen is there a reaction what are those what are the things we're looking for afterwards where we're checking boxes saying yes good workout or oh we got to slow down a little bit you don't want any pain in the heel because it's anchored in the heel now um, that can take some of the stress off of the uh, Achilles uh, as you're strengthening it and, and taking it through normal movements. So you're paying attention to heel pain, paying attention to soleus, and, and uh, write down the Achilles as, if there's any issues. And uh, there haven't been. I mean, it's been it's been really good. My my calf definitely gets uh, fatigued on both sides just because I haven't run you know in uh, so long. But uh, a lot of positives. Just it's been a lot of really positive days the last couple of weeks, um, and honestly, that's why I didn't. You know, it's been so nice to be able to be around the guys, um, and I've done you know multiple cross country flights to, to see those boys, and I love it. And it, it you know gets me through some of the the doldrums and the dog days of of rehab. But it also um, does kind of set the rehab back a little bit because I'm flying twelve hours, and then it kind of takes a day or two to kind of get back to neutral where I was. So. Because uh, my return to uh, uh, the Jets was uh, was imminent as far as spending the rest of the season with them, I felt like to be able to have, you know, a stretch of like ten straight days of rehab, especially with what I'm doing on the on the treadmill, it was in my best interest to not do, you know, the twelve hours of flying, get back to a few days of rehab, and then go back out. I felt like it was best to uh, to grind through these ten days. It sucked to not be there with the guys. Obviously, we had a rough performance, but. Um, I'm excited to get back there this week and, and see the fellas and, and uh, cheer them on. And, you know, again, we're not out of it. A lot of people are going to count us out. And, and there's obviously been some changes, but um, a lot can happen, a lot left in the season. And, and it just takes, like I said in 2016, like I'm sure they said in 2009, sometimes it just takes one to kind of reset everything, get guys back confident, and, and then you never know what can happen. Not only one game, one play, too, right? I think you've talked about that in the past. How it takes like one play that can really just spark it all. Obviously, Zach Wilson has been benched for the foreseeable future. They've also signed Trevor Simeon today. So Tim Boyle, Simeon in that quarterback room, and uh, and uh, that's it. Yeah, those two and Zach. Yeah. Okay, and obviously, 
yep. right. December 2nd mm-hmm. on his birthday. Oh, yeah. This guy here. You see what happens to Zach? I assume you sent a message. But let's talk about Tim Boyle. There's been a lot of people chit-chatting about Tim Boyle. We know you are a massive fan of his. A lot of people are saying that's the only reason why he's potentially in a position that he's at because the stats don't, don't paint a great story for Tim Boyle anywhere over this whole thing. Why do you think he is the guy who has been not only in your quarterback room but in the NFL for a while, five years now I think at this point, where maybe some on-field performance in the past hasn't looked as great? Is this offense just one that he understands well? And what do you expect from Tim Boyle in his game playing with the New York Jets here while we wait for your return? Well, first of all, you got to fix that graphic because it says Packers two years, one touchdown, 13 interceptions. I can promise you that's not accurate. <laughs> okay. Um, All right. Hey, maybe. Fix the graphic in the back, whoever, whoever uh, put that's together the that UConn. graphic. Right. That's the UConn stats for sure. Uh, yeah, it was just copy-pasted from the one above it there. Uh, yeah. All right. That's right. That I one got missed. He had 0-0 zero, zero for the Packers. He, he threw zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. Okay. So he added 13 interceptions to his world there. <laughs> That's a little bad out of the gray. That's that's on us. We're part of the problem. Whoops. We're part of the problem. That's on us. Well, I think I think first of all, you can't have it both ways. You, you can't uh, talk about certain players, whether it's a quarterback or a skilled player, about how great they did in the preseason, and then and then uh, you know diminish it uh, when it doesn't kind of fit your narrative. Um, preseason football is what it is. I always feel like the practices, the inner squad stuff when you bring another team in are very, very important and, and great as far as evaluation. But the preseason matters as well. And if you watch the way that Tim played in the preseason, I think you'd be pretty damn impressed with the way that he commanded the offense, the throws that he made. Um, I thought he was accurate. I thought he was, um, uh, you know, anticipatory. Did some really good things. So some people like to, you know, not uh, give a lot of credence to the preseason. That's fine. But in the live bullets, I thought he did really well. He's had a couple chances over the years in Detroit and Chicago. Um, it's just about uh, understanding what we're trying to do and getting the ball out quickly and getting the ball into our guys' hands. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm happy for Tim. I love Tim. He's a great he's a great dude. He cares about it. He's a gym rat, always has been. You know, there's been a few guys over the years, my backups, um, him being one of them, Scotty Tolzien being another one, um, Matty Flynn, guys who, you know, really uh, were just kind of gym rats, always in there, gamers, you know, spend the time in, experts of the offense. Tim's always fit that mold. He's always been the guy. I remember the first time we were in uh, Green Bay with the Flores' new staff came in, and like this, the first week there was like a test on the formations and stuff. And I'm, you know, I'm old school West Coast, so I'm used to, you know, specific set of terms for him. And they're putting up South and Swamp and Stack and all these things. I don't know what the hell, uh, you know, I was just kind of guessing up there, and it was like one of those um, tests that we have on our on our iPad. And Tim got 100, percent and I was like, "What the hell have you been doing?" He said, "Study it." <laughs> <laughs> so Tim has always been an expert of the offense and understood, um, you know, all the intricacies. Now just he's got to go out there and execute and, and uh, do it at a high level. Um, but uh, again, you know, we we uh, we need a spark, and obviously this was uh, the decision that was made. I feel for Zach. I love Zach. You know, Zach's such a great kid, and I do think he still has a bright future in the league. This has been a tough go for all of us. Uh, a lot of times in these situations. There's certain guys that got a scapegoat, and uh, I think there's enough blame to go around in a number of different positions. You know, if you have ten guys doing it right on a play and one guy not, um, it's hard to hard to be efficient. Yeah, um, yeah. Go ahead. So, no, 
Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, Zach is taking a lot of heat, and now everybody's – you saying you think he's going to be good in the NFL still is a, a big statement because everybody's just assuming he's done, you know, because yeah. Coach Sala talked about it today or yesterday at the press conference about we'll handle this in the offseason. So I don't think there's a plan to go back to Zach in this particular season. So then what is the next step? He might just get caught in that cycle, you know what I mean, where that, that, whole, that whole thing. You really never know in this league. You never know what could happen. Um, this was obviously not the way any of us thought this was going to go down. It was going to be me and my show and, and Zach getting to learn and watch it firsthand and not have the pressure to get, go out there and play. And so obviously, you know, this is uh, disappointing. I, I have some, you know, personal guilt around the whole thing. I mean, I'm pissed that I wasn't able to play and frustrated that, you know, if I was out there and I feel like I'd be playing well, there would be obviously different narratives around our team. And Zach would, again, have the opportunity to learn and grow and see what it looks like. Um, uh, without the pressure on and, and being able to, to sit in those meetings and, and go through the season uh, and just kind of watch me in my process. So I'm, <clears throat> you know, disappointed and sad about that, but uh, it is what it is, the situation, and, um, you know, we're all going to support Tim and, and move forward, but we're also going to put our arms around Zach and love on him because he's a great kid and and it's not all his fault and, and uh you know, this is the way it goes sometimes. Yeah, the NFL is tough business. Great sport, tough business. I think it was your quote uh, in this entire tough, good, good sport, tough profession. I think it is, is how you kind of laid it out. And uh, when you describe profession, fo- tough business. Oh, there it is. Good profession, tough business. Great mm-hmm. quote. But Zach Wilson is experiencing that. Let's talk about you watching the film. You know, we saw Robert Sala give an entire promo about the silent tape. You know how much yep. it means to me. It's just you. It's not the narratives. It's not in the crowd. It's not the commentators. It's just you in the film. When you watch that film, and you said you think that you, if you were playing, there'd be a different narrative about the Jets. Do you see an offense that you think, if you were to be dropped in there, would have success? Because a lot of people wonder if the offensive line that was being questioned before the season started is worth you coming back, even if there is a chance for you to go on a playoff run when you watch that film you think to yourself yes this Jets offense can be good if I was or there's opportunity for this Jets offense to be good if you were in there potentially as a master of this offense that you've known for 16 years with Hackett in the West Coast system yeah I mean that's a tough question Pat because I think that that brings in a lot of a lot of bus throwing um ultimately it's it's a hypothetical it's a hypothetical thing listen I I'm confident in my abilities and what I've accomplished in this league and and uh, joked about some of my down years being career years for guys. But um, I, I do believe in, in what I'm capable of. I believe in the offense. Um, I think that there's obviously a lot that I can bring to the table based on my experience. You know, I got, uh, you know, I got some pelts on the wall. I've, I've done things in this offense where it allows me to, to do some extra stuff that's in the offense, but it's, you know, it's, you got to kind of earn some of those things, uh, some of those adjustments, some of those, uh, you know, little things you can do out there. But, um, but no, I think to uh, we've obviously had a number of different offensive lines that have played um, a lot of injuries up front. Uh, you know, Makai even going down in the game, uh, you know, doesn't doesn't help either. So um, multiple left tackles, multiple. I think everybody except for Lake has you know missed significant time. So um, that definitely makes it tough. But uh, but who knows? It's hypothetical. I feel like you know, obviously, if I had success in this offense and would expect to if I was playing. But uh, but I'm not going to throw anybody on the bus. Hey, that was a good answer. Because what you said about the Giants last week after Ty's question, if you do recall, mm-hmm. that was unbelievable. They would they cut two seconds of me repeating what the question was? <laughs> yeah. and it, the thing though is, I feel like we're getting to a point where people are like, "That's not real," you know? Yeah. It feels mm-hmm. like on the internet now, yes. we're getting to a point where people are like, "Nah." 
Meh. Yeah, that's good, I think, for society as a whole, not just obviously this particular program. Felt like nobody really believed it, you know. I hope not, especially all these deep fakes. Uh, the deep fake oh. on Jim Harbaugh is pretty amazing. Oh. Press conference. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it and as a host of a live show. It's going to get real difficult yeah. going yeah. forward on what's real and what's not. AI. AI's good. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. AI is a talented video shop editor. I mean, they are very good. But yeah, it's only getting better and better. But I think people are sticking up for the truth, hopefully, which obviously isn't the norm in recent history. Go ahead, AJ. Aaron, what are your thoughts on AI and all this, everything going on? I would assume you have some strong beliefs on this. And where do you think, like, what is the end game? Are we okay? Are we going to be safe? That's a great question. Great question. It depends. I think there's some issues with uh with ai for sure he has an answer Um, yes you've thought about this that's what this sounds like floor is yours very pumped about this i think the thing that i do feel pretty good about is there's certain fields that ai just can't replicate the human experience and i would hope that there's still a lot of areas especially in in art and entertainment where ai can't uh, eliminate those jobs. I think the freedom of expression that we see in art, whether it's music or painting or, or sculpture or of course. Um, whatever that stuff or is just football. so uniquely human. Football. And football. I hope that that, uh, although there are some amazing AI programs that can do things for you oh, in that realm, there's nothing like uh, the human uh, uh, subjective uh, interpretation of life uh, as expressed through art. So yeah. I hope that that, uh, that doesn't change. Um, I think we've all seen a lot of interesting movies around AI that show um, maybe more of a uh, dystopian uh, future around it. Um, uh, you know, the iRobot is one that comes to mind. Ooh, shout out. Yep. Shout uh, out Will Smith I think doing it. Will Smith doing it. Yeah. yeah. Anytime, anytime you put, uh, you know, the powers that be in charge of things that can directly affect our life, you got to be really careful because unchecked power can definitely – Oh. Definitely corrupt. So, oh, you know, I, I wouldn't trust. Yep. I wouldn't trust a, a whole lot of uh, those powers mm-hmm. that be to make any decisions on the behalf of humanity that are in the humanity's best interest. So, yeah. um, I think we uh, we got to keep uh, taking care of the humans at this point. Hell yeah, and, uh, yeah. Hell be yeah. smart about how much AI humans, 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 humans. We're doing it. We're the ones. It's us. That's what we got to remember out here. I mean, but how many people are want to get want to get linked up to a computer in their brain and have every inch of Google's database in their mind at an instant? Uh, that'll be interesting. People are already getting, you know, their their bank account stuff chipped into their their body as well. I think it's yeah, it's a slippery slope at some point. Yeah. Who's doing that? Everything just, and you see that new phone that the Apple, um, I'll call them traders because they left Apple to go create something to compete with Apple. Uh, but they're super big brains, former execs. They got this thing now, it's like a little clip, and it just shoots, and it's your home screens on your hand all of a sudden. So, like, it's a phone. Whoa. Yeah, you just go ahead and it plugs in the whole thing. I think that's what the future looks like. Or if you don't have a hand, cool. you still. Well, I think you shoot on your, yeah, your arm, yeah. your nub. Under the nub. Whatever it is. Yep. On yeah. your other hand, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's Honestly, probably, that's a good so question. Yeah, I have no hands. I just want everyone to no be No arms, no legs. Yeah, yeah, if you got... Girl, I don't want Yeah, the pen doesn't work if you do it with no hands. No. Doesn't work. Like a bed sheet, maybe. Somebody's gonna have to walk around with it. Yeah, they're caretaker. Well, no, I'm assuming efficient. You gotta be no arms or no legs. You're. I don't think. Anyways, you, what you wanted to say, Aaron, and I don't yeah, think Bluetooth. I cut you off before you could get to it. 
The AIs can't play football. Nope. Nope. End of story. <laughs> that is all we need to talk about. And Not that, yet. that is what they never can. AJ. Yeah, watch it. Never can play football. You know it. Well, I'm right? saying I'm sure with the the. The circles Aaron runs in, he probably sees some of those super high-functioning robots that might fool you a few times. Hey, that might be a human. That is true, Aaron. What do, huh. what do you know over there in those high high circles that you mm-hmm. fly around in yeah. over there in L.A.? I don't, I don't know what he's talking about, but um, the AI has done a lot. Has done a lot of good though. There's a lot, a, a lot of really good things sure. that the AI has done. So we can't, you know, we can't throw that away. But um, just got to be careful with. Uh, unchecked technological developments mm-hmm. yeah concur uh i'm excited to hear I'll just stop right there yeah you were really going well, you went like this you really mm-hmm. went and then you brought it all the way back home oh, yeah. right back into the bread basket yeah. you know what i mean you did it was a fantastic piece of work as you're healing a torn achilles let's get back to football chatter chatter uh tom brady was on the Stephen a smith show and he talked about mediocrity around the nfl we actually have the clip i don't know if you've seen it here's tom brady chit-chatting about the current state of the nfl I think there's a lot of mediocrity in today's NFL. Yeah. I don't see the excellence that I saw in the past. Why not? And ho- Why not? I think the coaching isn't as, as good as it was. I don't think the development of young players is as good as it was. The rules have allowed a lot of bad habits to get into the actual performance of the game. Mm-hmm. So I just think the product, in my opinion, is less than what it's been. I think I look at a lot of players like Ray Lewis and Rodney Harrison and Ronnie Lott and guys that impacted the game in, in a certain way, and every hit they would have made would have been a penalty. Mm. You hear coaches complaining about <sighs> their own player being tackled and not necessarily, why don't they talk to their player about how to protect himself? We used to work on the fundamentals of those things all the time. Now they're trying to be regulated all the time. Offensive players need to protect themselves. It's not up to a defensive player to protect the offensive player. A defensive player needs to protect himself. I didn't throw the ball to certain areas because I was afraid players were going to get knocked out. Mm-hmm. That's the reality. Wow. I didn't throw it to the middle when I played Ray Lewis because you knock him out of the game and I couldn't afford to lose a good player. Mm, Aaron, do you agree with that? And uh, what do you think lead, is leading up to that? Is it the young guys can't handle the same things? You guys can handle back and kind of – you're kind of one of the last of the Mohicans of the older, the old guard, Peyton, Tom, all you guys doing those things. What do you think is leading to that? Joe Flacco. Seven. Thank um, you. Footsteps. My bad. My bad. I left footsteps out. Sorry. Phil. Matt Ryan. Great. Great. Drew Brees. Matty Ice. Seven. Sorry. Big Ben. Uh, great question. I saw the clip, and definitely I think as much as anything, I agree with the last thing that he said, and is that the rule changes have created a lot of bad habits. And, you know, when I was a young player too, the greatest fear you have as a quarterback is getting one of your guys hurt. You know, throwing the ball high over the middle, exposing the guy and him getting rocked and him leaving the game. That's just That was your biggest fear. So you were smart about certain plays – and throws of just not making them. And I think, you know, if I'm looking at this from a real big picture, like there's a softening of society that, uh, oh, that has definitely yeah. caused uh, things like this. Look at all the sports. You know, what, what happened to hockey? Hockey is not doesn't have the enforcer position Whoa. anymore. Why? Because we need the fighting out of hockey. It's too violent. Well, stage. You know, and people don't want to see the violence on TV. I think people want to see football be a collision sport. Um and not, you know, to where guys are getting mangled on the field, but they enjoy the big hits. And there's certain players who you just knew were big hitters and would push, you know, push the line of what's a cheap shot and, and what's a legit hit. But it's tough to play defense in the league. It is really tough. You know, I saw a couple of calls last night and just thinking, 
you know, that was not how it used to be. You know, you used to play the Lions, you know, you get rocked, you know, uh, just about every snap you're taking, uh, dropping back. You're getting, you're getting hit, you get pushed, you know. And, you know, if you go back and look at some of the film on some of those games, I'm talking like 08, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Yeah. Um, the game was refed definitely a little bit different back then. Um, is it better in certain areas for player safety? 100%. Uh, have we gone too far in certain rules? 100% as well. And I think it's really hard to play defense. It's really hard to figure out the strike zone, especially with the moving player. I think we've created bad habits in, in the you know the uh, some of the reads and the zero fear of throwing over the middle. I think you know we're, uh, some of the quarterbacks uh, are getting rewarded for sliding late at times and, and taking very light shots that become 15-yard penalties. Um, obviously, Kareem Jackson is in the news for another – you know, big hit that's putting him on suspension. Um, you know, I, it's that's a running it's back. A, it's a hard hit. Yeah. Does he? You know, is it intentional? I don't know. I mean, he's got a bad rap now. Some of these hits, I feel like the hit in Green Bay game was was probably unnecessary. Um, you know, as far as like he, it seemed like he had some time to think about that one. But things are happening so quick in the league. Who am I to judge? I haven't played defense. I, I don't know what it's like to in a moment have to change your strikes on significantly or think you're going to hit a guy in a certain spot and be able to have your eyes open the entire time to move your spot slightly or take your head just slight to the left so you're not hitting the guy in the head. It's very difficult to play defense, and I think there's some intent involved uh, in most of these hits that it's not malicious intent. Uh, it's, you know, it's part of the collision nature of the sport. Um, do you go back now and review plays and try and figure out intent? That creates a whole interesting can of worms that they couldn't handle a few years back when they tried to review pass interference. Well, was, we all could. Was, we all could. I, I know, but but I've said this many times, and I'll say it again. You know, there's a lot of great referees in the NFL. There's a lot of great ones who've retired over the last, you know, good bit. And the majority of those great ones who retired are on TV now because the money is high and they can do great. And we've talked about this many, many times. Gene Steratore is phenomenal, right? But if they could give Gene or Dean or Mike Pereira or Terry McCauley, these guys who were fantastic NFL refs, the opportunity to kind of take that over with the right type of pay and then they were willing to do it, I think you could see some interesting ability to make these a little bit more interpretable, a little bit, uh, you know, uh, um, more in the nature of the rule and, uh, you know, maybe change some of these bad habits that I think have been created. But, um, yeah, the two names you didn't mention, the two names you didn't mention from the official standpoint, Walt Anderson, Alberta River on, they're the ones that have been in charge. You know, all those good refs you just said, TV, 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 TV. Uh, who's in charge of doing the pass interference? They were doing first. Oh, Alberta River on. Yeah. He's he's the guy that's got to do it. Listen, I like, I like Walt. I always like, I don't. (laughs) <laughs> okay, I like both Walt. I like him, Walt Coleman. I like Walt Coleman. Um, there's, a, there's been a lot of great ones. And, and you know, Jeff Triplett, uh, Mike Carey. There's a lot of guys who retired over the last 10 or 15 years. They were a big part of my career, and, and I appreciate those guys. But but you need to get one of those guys, in my opinion, to get Gene because he's the best. Get him in a position where you pay him enough money, whatever the hell he wants, just so it's – you can interpret the rules, I think, in the true nature of, of how it needs to be interpreted. And honestly, the refs would be great with that, I think. I think the refs would, would love that. Um, and I think Gene could do a great job, and he explains things really well on TV, but you'd have to give him the right kind of money and, and have to give him the opportunity to uh, 
to enact some some real change. But I think in in the long run, be in the best interest of the sport moving forward. So we don't keep going down a slippery slope of really taking the quarterback into more of a flag football environment. Which, listen, I mean, maybe there's some guys that want it. I never wanted it. Like I feel like being being hit is part of the game. And, and obviously, I've taken some shots. And one of the shots I took changed one of the rules. You know, I got hit by a bar. I didn't think that was a dirty hit by a bar. I was more upset. I felt like he flipped me off after the play, which I guess we <laughs> went back and talked about it. He hadn't actually done that. Um, or actually, I think I flipped him off. He gave me the socket sign. Um, but I guess it wasn't in reference to each other. So we cleared that up. And, uh, had I was telling somebody else to suck it. <laughs> Not you. Yeah, I was telling you to suck it. I just, I, you already did suck it. I just sacked you. <laughs> I was talking to somebody else. But I didn't suck feel it. like. I didn't feel like it was a dirty hit. There was, you know, I didn't get the ball out quick enough. He was able to grab me in a certain way. And it was, unfortunately, a football a football play that went bad for me. Um, you know, Tom got hit low and lost his ACL. You know, I don't know if that was an intentional shot down there. I think cleaning that part of it up. But then, you know, the way you can't hit guys now, guys are going low more. I don't know if that creates more injuries. You have to go and look at that or more more issues. But um, I think it's really hard to play defense. And I don't know if there's a clear-cut you know, way of changing things. Um, but uh, people enjoy the collision part of it. Nobody wants, you know, the crazy, the crazy, you know, spearing out there. But I think there's there's a happy medium somewhere in the middle. Probably. Where was it in college this weekend? There was a guy in college that actually said, hey, here's video for you guys oh, yeah. to show. Boston College, I picked. On the yeah. targeting. he This dude, safety, comes flying in and literally jumps like dolphin out of water with helmet looking for somebody else's helmet. It's like, in the middle of it, it's like, all right, that is, we believe that the intent there seems to be helmet to helmet, and there is a zero use of a hand or a shoulder in this entire thing. But I think intent can get read. And you talk about Gene Steratour being the guy with the feel and being the right guy. They had Walt Anderson dropping in Monday Night Football. You remember that? Mm -hmm. Walt Anderson dropped into Monday Night Football and said, the reason why we called this was this. It's like, Gene not only being on CBS, but being on everywhere, especially in his primetime games where most people are watching, that's good for everybody. Let's do that. Let's go ahead and handle that, Aaron. Let's do that. I think it'd be great. I really do. And I think Terry does a really good job on TV as well. And, um, you know, there, there's some, some really good ones who have moved on uh, that could help it. But it would, it would take the NFL wanting to make a change and then not being cheap and paying. Yeah. Well, you know, we saw what happens when they were a little cheap to the referees back uh, you know, a few years ooh. back when we had some. That's right. That's some interesting people, but they'd have to, you know, not that they don't have the money, like pay Gene or Terry or one of these guys, you know, the right amount of money to uh, to just go through and see and then practice them, practice them in the preseason and see what works. If it doesn't work, scrap it. But but you got to work on it. So, with, you know, sports are evolving now. Baseball, you know, is not the most interesting sport, I think, for many of us to watch, but they did a good job. He's on speeding up, uh, speeding up the game with some of this stuff, and I'll watch it. And too. strike zone stuff has been interesting. At least they made a little box for the uh, for the viewer at home to check out. But there's there's ways of, of maybe moving this forward that don't lose the collision nature of the sport that people really enjoy, um, because that's part of it. You know, we realize we're putting our bodies on the line. I think that's part of the thrill. There's knowing that uh, you are a, a kind of a modern day gladiator. But if we keep going down this path, especially with quarterbacks, there's going to be flag football on us and. and uh, and uh, tackling in a you know one foot uh, tackle zone on defense, which makes things uh, 
not as enjoyable, I don't think. And I think what Tom's saying is it's going to make worse football. And that's what we need to remember whenever we're adjusting all these things. What does 10 years look like now uh, for the best game in the world? Speaking of change and evolving, the Pittsburgh Steelers did that today. We were talking about it whenever you joined us. You did not get a chance to say anything. But I think Tone Diggs is going to ask you a question about that. Yeah, Aaron, earlier you were talking about when like a quarterback change, a spark, a scapegoat. Um, now two offensive coordinators have been fired, Ken Dorsey and Matt Canada. Um, I don't think you've ever had to go through that in the middle of the season. I assume not. Uh, I could be wrong there, though. But like as a as a quarterback, how does that affect you in the rest of the season? Is it actually something where the offense can get better with a new coordinator and change if it's the same offense, basically? It's tough. I mean, I think a lot of times it gets kind of overblown a little bit because I don't know how much you can change in the middle of the season. Now, if you did it before a bye week and you had a whole you know side kind of ideas that you maybe didn't get to that you wanted to implement and had two weeks to kind of put that in and might change things. But week to week, there's just not a ton you can do. It's more just the flow of the plays, maybe some input here and there. Um, I think there's a lot of like guilt that, that comes along with it. And, uh, you know, especially if you're pulling the trigger, um, you know, the only thing I dealt uh, with like that in, in my time was when, uh, when Mike got let go in 2018, when we were four and seven, we were, you know, we were crappy and, and things weren't going well. We were struggling, and Mike was there forever, and develop a relationship with a, with a guy, and uh, it sucks, you know, because you just feel responsible. And uh, there's, you know, then Joe came in, and there's, you know, it's just everything's just Tad has just a, a tinge of, of newness to it, um, but not a whole lot can change. You know, this play callers are a little different, but in the end, you call plays based on the personnel that you have. And, uh, you know, where you're limited in some areas doesn't mean you can just totally scrap the entire offense and, and do new things. You're still trying to be efficient and effective. And, um, you know, I thought Josh uh, played good uh, the other night. Uh, you know, had a conversation uh, with him. And um, I thought, uh, you know, he made good decisions. Sometimes it can be a reset for the guy calling the plays. We're like, okay, and like, now that's out of there. Now it's almost like, oh, now it's on me. And some people do really well with that, where the pressure amps up. Okay, now they, they made a scapegoat. They fired somebody. They made a change. Now the, the pressure goes up to the next person in line, which is usually the quarterback pulling the trigger. Now he's got to uh, you know, play better. And, and I think Josh is a, is a great competitor, and I'm sure there was some of that, you know, the guilt and the frustration of, of uh, a buddy getting let go. And now, like, hey, no excuses. Now i got to play better. And I think he went out and played pretty damn good. Yeah, and we'll see what Kenny Pickett does, huh? Here we go. Kenny Pickett got the weight of Pittsburgh on yeah. his shoulders. Yep. Good luck, Kenny. Those bridges in uh, any city in the in the world, I think. It's known as the Bridge City. Denver, Venice. Uh, Denver, Venice. Might have. Denver, Venice. Yeah, you get it. Anyways, whole weight of all those bridges on the shoulder yep. of Kenny. Yeah. It was nice to see Josh Allen having fun again. Looked like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Looked like he was having more fun. It wasn't that nice. It was, wasn't it? That's a nice thing. <laughs> it wasn't that nice. What do you mean? Well, I love Josh, but uh, definitely wasn't pulling for him to have a lot of fun. Dude, they, the, you need to get back over there because with everything that happened in that game with the Bills and obviously with the bounce back of the Bills against the Jets' defense and what the Jets' defense has done, Quentin Williams was upset on the sideline. You know, he was yelling at people. Then obviously now Zach's out, Hack's doing this with his record of how it's going. It's like you're going back into a place that if you were you and the Jets were able to turn this around, Man. what a story. Hey. What a story. That could be huh? that could be everybody on the Jets as happy as Josh was the other yeah. night. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That could be the whole thing, Aaron. Well, that's the thing. And now, you know, 
it, it puts when you make a change, whether it's a quarterback or coordinator or even coach in the middle of the season, everybody else gets put on notice. Mm-hmm. And some people do that really well, and some people some people shrink. So we need people to step up in the moment and uh, and take ownership of it and and kind of put their put their name on the line. You know, I feel like that's part of what happened in in sixteen is. And nobody believed that we could run the table. But when I said that, one, I believed it. And I didn't think a lot of people did. But two, I said, there's a lot of shit going around right now. And a lot of people taking shots at me and Mike and our offense. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a little more of this. Maybe if I just once I say this, you know, now the spotlight on me gets even bigger. So now how am I gonna respond? But maybe the spotlight on anybody else shrinks a little bit. Maybe guys play a little more free. So I'd love to see uh, you know, our guys step up and, and 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 somebody put it on themselves and say, I'm gonna make I'm gonna be the reason we win this week. I'm gonna be the reason we win. Um and hopefully everybody can play a little bit looser and go out there and be free and uh, nobody's expecting us to win. Um that's a dangerous position to be in. So uh, I love Quinnen. I love his his fire, I love his passion, his leadership and if he's yelling and, and getting going because he's generally not the loudest person love it we need it we need a fire we need it from him we need it from cj we need it from sauce dj jj uh quincy we need our boys ta we need our boys to step up and and uh on that side of the ball and and be ballers and offensively we gotta we gotta step up and somebody's taking on themselves so i'm gonna be the reason we win this week tim boyle maybe it's tim boyle go ahead aj Hey, what has it been like, honestly, not playing this year and sitting out? And we know, like, every week you come on here and we get to do all this, and you're so detailed in everything you're doing with your rehab. But when you're sitting there and you're not rehabbing, like, what's it like not being there, not being on the team? We hear about how tough it is, obviously, when you're away from your squad and you're injured. What is that like for people, that other people that may be going through injuries around the league? Yeah, it's awful most days, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think you have to find some beauty in the, in the midst of it. Um, a lot of people have said, you know, everything happens for a reason, you know, and, and that's a that's their calling card. And I've just never really subscribed to that uh, specific uh, thought process. I believe life is happening all the time, not happening to me. That's a victim mentality. Life is happening, and all we can do is is determine how we respond to the experiences that we're going through. And so I've tried to respond in as positive a way as I can, and and to manifest what I want through my rehab and to be available to my teammates, to clear my head, to contemplate my life in the league and, and uh, you know, my desire to still be competitive at, at the highest level, that's been great. But overall, it's been, it's been difficult. I think in the, in the midst of, of it, there's been some beautiful, um, you know, experiences that I've had and, and reconnections with some, with some friends that wouldn't have happened had I been in Jersey the entire time. So I'm thankful for those experiences, thankful for the people in my life that stepped up for me when I was – uh, you know, going through the sadness and the frustration of this injury. Um, but this is not how I thought that, uh, you know, my destiny was going to go this year. So it's been it's been difficult. But uh, life is about how you respond to the adversity in those situations. And um, there's a lot of lessons to be learned in this. I like to think that a lot of lessons could have been learned without having to go through a major Achilles injury. But um, I am uh, I'm thankful for uh, what I've learned during this time. But it just makes me miss the game that much more, miss being around the guys and, and uh, excited about getting back there soon. 
Okay, so this is like, I don't want to say reignited, but even more so fueled the fire of when I came out of that darkness and decided that I wanted to continue to play, right decision, we're going to play for another 10 years? Is that what we're thinking right now? I think that there was a thought immediately after the injury, this is it. This is, I'm done. I can't go through this rehab. I can't, you know, I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> and I did a lot of like soul searching and praying that night. And I woke up in the morning and felt like, nah, nah I'm coming back. You know, I'm going to do this again. I'm going to, I'm going to climb the mountain one more time. And I'm thankful for, uh, again, for all the people who reached out, for the people that were praying for me and supporting me and sending me nice messages and checking on me. It's been really, really special um, just to reconnect with so many of those people who reached out during this time. Uh, it's reignited uh, my love for it because I've been in kind of what it feels like to be retired. I've been away from the team, you know, for much of this uh, this 10 weeks other than seeing them on some game days. And I've never, you know, never uh, not with my squad in the fall. I've never made my fall schedule since I was, you know, in high school playing ball. So um, so I've gotten to look at what that uh, feels like, and I'm not ready for that. I still feel like I've got uh, a few good years left and can still play at a high level and, and look forward to uh, uh, to get a chance to show that. Being a non-football human, hate it. Can't wait to get back. Yeah. We can't wait to watch you continue to grind it out. We appreciate you, brother. Happy Thanksgiving and uh, happy early birthday, Hutz, coming yeah. up. December yeah. 2nd, Jay Glazer, breaking the news. Thanksgiving to you guys. Great time to uh, count your blessings, not what you don't have this week. So thankful for all you guys. I know you guys got a lot to be thankful for as well. And, uh, yeah, I'm also thankful, you know, to uh, – I can't believe they didn't come in today, but I heard that, that uh, Trey and JK were going to try and jump in on this interview and, and hear the Achilles factor. They didn't. So, uh, But I'm thankful for those guys and everybody here. We're all grinding, supporting each other, encouraging each other. And uh, like you always say, you know, be a friend. Tell a friend something nice that might change their life. So uh, thanks for all the people that reached out and did that for me this fall. And thank you to you guys for keep spreading uh, the good word. And and to everybody in Wichita who's uh, Damn right. who's supporting us as well, like uh, happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Damn right. From Wichita all the way to the Achilles factory in California. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We can't thank you enough. You're the best, dude. Happy Thanksgiving, ladies and gentlemen. And safe trip back to Jersey this week. Aaron Rodgers. I think we hit the hard out. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. I think Nose. we hit it again. A little bit of music there at the end. I completely forgot about it because the answer he was giving, obviously, was so deep, you know? Mm-hmm. He's reignited his love for sport. Different perspective whenever you have it taken away from you. He said he hasn't planned his own fall since high school, which is obviously an incredible thing that people have to get past whenever they decide to retire. It's a whole new world, whole new life. He dabbled with it. He hates it. I can't wait to continue <laughs> to play football. For all the people that are saying, he needs to stop trying to want to come back, it's like, sounds like it's all the motherfucker knows. Yeah. Sounds like that is literally all he knows. Speaking of all I know is while we were talking to Aaron, saw a couple posts on the internet. Darius Shaquille Leonard has been released from the Indianapolis Colts. Yes. Whoa. The all-pro potential defensive MVP candidate just a few years ago. A man who signed a massive deal with the Indianapolis Colts just a couple years back who has had a ankle injury for the last few years that was actually a nerve injury Mm -hmm. where they actually had to do a surgery in his back at one point to kind of get it figured out so he could get back to being the football player that he was during the defensive MVP thing. And then Gus Bradley comes in while he's recovering 
from all these different injuries, puts in a different defense. So whenever Shaq misses like an entire season pretty much, this is the first year of a brand new defense, one in which he has not been up for defensive MVP. That was Eberflus's defense, who was in Chicago. So then whenever Shaq comes back, still introduced last when the defense gets introduced yep. at Lucas Oil Stadium. Still the guy that everybody in Indy loves, the maniac. We mm -hmm. love Shaq. This is our guy. We missed him the year he's out. He comes back. It's almost like he never had a place in the Gus Bradley defense that had already been created over the year that he missed. Zaire Franklin, fellow Q-Dog, alongside Shaquille Leonard, kind of took his spot, ran with it, was beloved, leads the NFL in tackling at certain points. He does his thing. Mm -hmm. And there was just never a spot, for whatever reason, for Shaq Leonard in that defense. We would watch live, and on third downs, Shaq would be leaving the field as opposed to coming on the field. Still getting introduced last out of the tunnel whenever the defense would get introduced. Just not really making as many plays as he had in the past, but also not being on the field for as many plays as he had in the past. Really weird situation. Have no idea how we got to this point. I love Shaq. I was very grateful that we got to watch Shaq play here in Indianapolis. Yep. But if you've been paying attention in the last two years, it has not been like a, a good situation football-wise for these two together. And I think injuries are a part of it, but I think transition was yeah. a part of it. And I think maybe a, a fresh spot will be good for him, but I have no idea, to yeah, be honest with you. Yeah, I hope so. Um, first thing, you know, hope he's fully healthy or, or gets back fully healthy, because Shaq is, he's a, in my opinion, he's like a rhythm player, almost like one of those running backs that, you know, you get him a couple carries, take him out, get it like they don't work well, you get him a few carries, and he's always going to make that spa splash play. That's who uh, Maniac is at, at his peak powers, and hopefully he finds that play somewhere else, but you mentioned a lot of it. You missed that time. And Zaire Franklin, who was kind of a special teamer, special teams captain up to that point, once he got that opportunity, he never looked back, leading the league in tackles this year from wire to wire pretty much. EJ Speed has stepped up, played some good football. And we've seen Leonard uh, Shaquille the last few weeks, you know, kind of talking to the media and, and, you know, letting them know like he's disgruntled about his playing time. So hopefully he finds a fresh start. And uh, obviously, hopefully, the Colts continue to uh, be successful in defense as well. AJ, he was getting that punch whenever he was playing. He, he, he I don't want to say, like, obviously, Peanut Tillman will always be remembered for it. But Darius was just like every single game. Mm -hmm. There was a pick or a turnover or yeah. a punch out yeah. or something taking place there. Jim Irsay has responded to the release here uh, with a tweet of his own saying, tough business, I believe, is the caption of this particular tweet. Yep, tough business with a heart with his quote that says, Colts Nation will always remember the Maniac's power. Palpable energy on the field with each tackle, interception, punch out, and fumble recovery. Off the field, he's a servant leader and assisted numerous families in both his hometown and the Indianapolis Colts community. We're thankful for Shaq and the contributions he made to our organization. We wish him and his beautiful family the best moving forward. Well, I'll be. Yeah, sure. Here's the money, AJ. Here's the money. Some team will owe him $6.5 million if they pick him up off of waivers for the rest of this particular year. I'm sorry, $6.11 million for the remainder of the season. Next year, he's under contract. 2025, he's under contract. And 2026, he's under contract. But I'm not sure how many, much of that is guaranteed and how much of it is just salary and everything like that. I think there's another $6.5 million next year, I believe, is the next tweet in that uh Group text, yeah. Shaquille Leonard is making 15.7 guaranteed base salary, about six due for the rest. Has another 6.5 guaranteed for injury in 2024. So it's hard to imagine he gets claimed. In all likelihood, he'll clear and become a free agent. All right. Maybe so, Chicago. I mean, there are he, a couple No, teams. go to a contender. No, he'll go, become a free agent, go to a contender. Yeah, who knows yeah, how long Eberflus is going to be in Chicago. But like him and Eberflus' system was 
match made in heaven. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he's 100% healthy. We, we have no idea why it has happened, what it has happened. But, yeah, I guess a contender would be a good spot for, you know, dropping Darius Leonard, Shaquille Leonard. Uh, Ian Rappaport tweeted Darius. Shaq's Twitter says Darius Shaquille Leonard. Yep. Yeah. He was Darius Leonard. Yep, before. Then he became before. Shaq Leonard. Exclusively. Correct. Exclusively Shaq Leonard. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to disrespect him. I got a lot of, lot of love for Shaq and Darius Leonard. Uh, for what he did in Indianapolis. This kind of came out of left field, though. I did not expect yeah. this, AJ. I did not expect this. I did not expect it at all. And I, I, I've seen the interviews he's done in his locker, and they're asking him about playing time. He's like, I don't I don't really know. Like, I'm kind of – I don't really know how we're splitting them, when I'll be in, when I'll be out. And I think Debut made a great point saying he's kind of a rhythm player. I think most players would hope to kind of – like, it's very difficult going in and out and in and out if you don't really know. And that's something that if you haven't done it in a while, especially it's tough to do all of a sudden – with, with how he is on the field, like he's like such an intimidating force there in the middle. Every guy that ever catches the ball or runs the ball, when Shaq Leonard is out there and he's healthy, like they know where he's at because he is coming. He can punch you from nine yards away, it seems like. Also, he can sit in the middle of that defense eight yards deep, and his wingspan is so damn long, he can yeah, jump up yeah. and pick the ball over the middle. Like He just has such a presence out there. So I hope, he's, I hope he can get as close to 100% healthy as he can. I hope he goes a contender, man, and, and kind of gets – I don't know, gets where it's just tough. I'm sure he, he doesn't want to be released, but he's probably thinking, okay, I need to go somewhere where the scheme fits and I can play. I'm thinking there's a chance. With the way the interviews have gone, you know, and there's been a few times where I've watched practice or a game and I'm like, oh, Shaq's back. Yeah. Because he's like this in the middle of the state. Because, like, you talk about being a rhythm player, mm-hmm. he's a vibes guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was like, yeah. it was like yeah. after every, he was the, he was the juice. Yes. He, mm-hmm. he was the juice for yeah. not only our defense, our whole stadium, our entire yeah. team. I mean, he was the guy. And then he came back, he kind of looked like a, a different guy. Wasn't as confident, wasn't flying as around, didn't have as much of an important role. Then this year he gets out there and it's like, he's back. It's like, okay, we got Shaq Leonard back on this defense. We can find a spot to put him in there because he's such an instinctual player too. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, instincts are going to make you wrong every once in a while, but more often than not, he was on the right side of it. I have no idea where he, I mean, so we lose. I don't think I get it. No, I don't know. Yeah, it's a full blown crapshoot. Well, like, you we, know, my bad comment, but Pat, you know, if you're not starting and playing every play, they want you to play multiple special teams as well, and you mm-hmm. don't want to throw Shaq Leonard in there on punt and punt return kickoff. Yeah, especially at the linebacker position. Yeah, no chance. Yeah, but especially like, at the linebacker. Uh, uh, he won't win Coach of the Year. Shane Steichen should win Coach of the Year just because of how much he had to deal with in, in one year. Think about his last, like, seven months or whatever. We can go all the way back to February. Loses the Super Bowl, gets hired as a head coach. Best player on offense starts holding out after he said he won it. Publicly. Publicly quarterback they draft gets hurt in four of the five games he plays in and then I mean you don't probably not the best player on defense but definitely one of the leaders of the team definitely one of the faces of the team as far as fans go and now he's gone like that is the and he was disgruntled publicly yeah, yeah. And, and you still got to lead and build your own culture <laughs> yeah, and they're still and five and five yeah, it's I think even with that though like when that he puts up that tweet like the immediate assumption is like oh he must be retiring That's he must thought, still yeah. not be healthy mm-hmm. like you would I I would have never imagined, like, all oh, the culture, culture just cut him. So I looked. Um, he played 70% of the snaps this year. When he was obviously going, he was playing 98, 99% of the, the snaps. Now, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but the Steelers signed Miles Jack and Blake Martinez today. 
Um, so, you know, there is a team out there looking for linebackers right now. Yeah, you think that's going to change some, uh, you think, old Pokemon seller maybe no longer on team? Is that yeah, I mean, he got signed this morning, so that may be a quick turnaround because they lost Quan to a, an Achilles and uh, an ACL. Um, if they yeah. both want him, I mean, the, the Bills and the Dolphins the Bills could, definitely both, Bills too, could yeah. both use a linebacker true. bad. Very true. Man, he was, let's get to a break. Very true. When it was good here. He was the Great. best linebacker, and he reset the market. He's the high, he was the highest paid linebacker when he signed his deal. Yeah. Who was his agent? Uh, ooh, I think it was that dude who is with Jonathan Taylor. Qua- yeah, Quasi- that deal, I don't know. Malky? Malky? Oh, was that Malky? Yeah. 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 MMA guy, too. Yeah, he does has MMA fighter. Yeah. He's got a lot of money for guys. Great deal. Yeah, it was a conversation at one point between him and Fred Warner. Like, who was the yeah. best off-ball linebacker? Yeah. That happened with Aaron. Bingo. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Because Aaron on this particular program said, Fred Warner, best interior linebacker in the league. He and I know each other well. We go back. And then they played the Colts the next week. Mm-hmm. And Shaq, like, so, met him in the field. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, what'd you say? <laughs> the about? fuck's that about? And Aaron came on the show and he was like, I've known Fred <laughs> yeah. since he's in, like, high school. No disrespect. <laughs> I meant no disrespect to Darius Leonard. That was a real. Yeah. All right, hopefully he finds it again. Yeah, he's so good when he does. Story is obviously epic. Mm -hmm. Born in Austria, came to America to be the greatest bodybuilder on earth. Fucking accomplish that. Then go ahead and be the biggest movie star on earth. Fucking accomplish that. And then be the governor of the sixth largest economy on earth. Fucking accomplish that. Now he's an author. In the book, Be Useful, Seven Tools for Life, is written by this man. I think everybody needs to read it. To become the best version of themselves. This dude has taken over the world. He's going to do it again, I assume, before he's dead. Ladies and gentlemen, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, Arnold! <laughs> hey, you really know how to spice things up. I cannot even believe it, Tad. Hey, I mean, let's let's see let's see a shot here quickly. Let's see some let's see some of those muscles. What? Hey, Arnold, we got it. Huh? I don't wow, have to. Wow! Look yeah. at that. Huh? Look huh? at the biceps. Look at the deltoids. <laughs> Holy moly! Look at that back. Yeah, thank you. Oh yes. Yeah, oh yes. Thank you. This is Mr. Universe material. Oh, Unbelievable. Wow. Oh, shit. Wow. Hey, you Unbelievable. got me jacked. Hey, you got me a little sauced up right now. A little, little <laughs> zeked up right now. That feels good. Let's talk about you. Obviously, we're done talking about my muscles. They're awesome. AJ, I think we're all gonna. I only smoke little tiny cigars. I do apologize for that. So we will definitely share a little smoke here together, uh, all of us. Why are you apologizing? Well, because you're Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I'm not doing exactly what you're doing, although the muscles kind of getting into the same particular position as yours. You know, that's what I'm doing. I mean, I feel like I'm looking in the mirror when I look at you. Yes. Now, yeah, nonetheless, uh, it's all the same. Let's go back in time a little bit. I watched your yeah. docuseries. It was on... Uh, Netflix. Netflix. Bro, hey, it was when my baby, my baby was born, first ever baby girl. So obviously, you're up all night. And I'm just watching. You and me spent like a whole week together. And I was learning your story. I was getting so inspired, so pumped. Whenever you decided to come to America, obviously the goal was Mr. Olympia and Universe and everything like that. Could you have ever foreseen this in this positive attitude? Have you had this since birth? Has this kind of been the way you've been since it all kind of started for you? Well, no, not not as a kid. But I mean, uh, I think that as soon as I had that vision, that dream, of becoming the world's best built man, uh, Mr. Universe, and all of that, and kind of chase the dream, uh, and 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 kind of like my idol, Reg Park, who was 
like they played Hercules in the movies and Steve Reeves, those guys I idolized. So I just wanted to be like them. And so uh, the, as soon as I had that dream, life changed for me. You know, I, I, I started going to the gym every single day. I started working out. I started eating well and didn't drink. I didn't smoke any of the cigarettes or nothing like that. I just was on this trajectory to become the champion. And so every single hour, every single rep I did was towards that goal. And so I had a lot of fun doing it and I created kind of my own world. And But I knew 100% that I'm going to get there, even though everyone else in Austria thought it was totally crazy, uh, you know, to have such a dream because bodybuilding was not an Austrian sport. Skiing is and soccer and those kind of sports, bicycle riding, but not uh, not bodybuilding. But, you know, so I did it at the age of 20. I won Mr. Universe. And then uh, I was invited to come over to America here. And then uh, I continued winning. I won then five Mr. Universe titles, seven Mr. Olympias, Mr. World, Mr. International. So altogether, it was like 13 World Bodybuilding Championships, something that nobody ever has done uh, before. And, uh, uh, yeah, I'd say. And, then, and, then, and then I got into I was very lucky that I had the same drive and that same vision to get me into movies. And so then uh, uh, the same thing happened then in the movie business. Go ahead, AJ. <clears throat> I'm curious how, how much motivation you gained from people telling you you were crazy and that you can't do this and every every single thing you kind of check, check the box of. I feel like you're kind of motivated by everyone telling you, hey, you're nuts. This isn't going to work. Well, I, I think we have to realize, and you guys can relate to that, you have to realize that if you have a big dream like that, and you say, I want to be the best football player, the best quarterback with the best of this, that, or the best golfer, or the best bodybuilder, people are inevitably going to say, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, this guy is a little crazy. And, and and so I think that we just, the key thing is, as I say in my book, uh, be useful, is we cannot go and uh, get caught up with that. I just pay no attention to the naysayers, and I just continued on with my vision. And even though it's all hard work, I mean, it's a, the, but the vision is, is what propels you, what really motivates you, because this is why I always had fun working out in the gym. This is why I always had fun, uh, you know, on a set, on a movie set, because I saw the movie finished in front of my eyes. You know, when we did Conan the Barbarian, and I had to crawl around on the rocks with no protection on my elbows and knees, and I was bleeding and all that stuff. Nothing mattered, really. Because I knew that when the movie comes out, it's going to be great. It's going to be great entertainment. And it's going to help my career internationally. And uh, so, you know, I was just an animal when it comes to that. There was just no mercy on myself. It was just work, work, work. And that's why I also talk about in the book, uh, you know, be useful. You know, that you have to work your ass off. It's that simple. And you guys know that better than anyone. Because, I mean, you guys train I mean, it's unbelievable Thank you. the kind of stuff that you guys do now. Oh. Because in the, when I came over here, you know, I started, you know, uh, uh, hanging out a few times. I met, uh, uh, you know, some of those football players that were then famous. And none, none of them trained with weights. That This was like a no-no in sports, right? Did you, if you t- touch weights, every coach said, you touch weights, you're going to go slow down and you're going to go get muscle bound and it's going to ter- be terrible. Uh, you lose your flexibility and all that stuff. And uh, so, uh, you know, guys did not do what you do today. Today, guys are lifting, you know, more weights than power lifters. I see, I see uh, you know, uh, guys coming into the gym and they're squatting with ease, 400, 500 pounds, but with ease, weighing, uh, you know, 185, 200 pounds. So this is unheard of this kind of lifts and the bench press they're doing and the dumbbell lifts and all of that stuff. So, but it makes you 
a much more ferocious warrior on out there on the field. And it's, of course, much more dangerous now uh, football than it ever was before because of this tremendous power that you guys have. So you're doing both. You're doing the cardiovascular training. You have the endurance. You have the flexibility. You have the, the, the speed. You have the explosive power. And then you have also the power of moving weights and therefore moving bodies on the, on the football field. So I have, I have become kind of a huge admirer of yours. And, you know, there's one guy that was on just before me, Aaron. Uh, you know, Aaron is uh, I've met now because he's uh, doing physical therapy at my girlfriend's place, which which you call the Achilles uh, factory. Um, and they that, that place is packed with football players, with UFC fighters, and, uh, you know, with, with, with the basketball players and all that stuff. But Aaron is always there. He's the most entertaining. He just entertains everyone. Everyone is getting a kick out of him with his stories and with his, uh, you know, kind of positivity and all that. And here's a guy that is talking about, you know, great shape. I mean, this he, I don't know. How old is he now? 39. 39. 39 years old. And he's still a, one of the best players out there. It's, like, amazing to watch him, how good he is. You know, and so, so that that is extraordinary. So I, I've be, become a big fan of his also because he's funny. He's a great sense of humor. He's not just a football player. He has a very clear vision where he wants to go after this is all over. And all this. it's fun talking to him and, uh, you know, and hanging out with him because he's a real inspirational kind of a guy. Hell yeah. And so are you, pal. I would like to let you know. And what he's doing with his Achilles at your girlfriend's place at the Achilles factory <laughs> is going to be something that people are going to study forever. Just like I think this book is going to be, be useful, right? And I'm reading a little excerpt here. It says, and it kind of ties in everything you just said there. And you sound like, um, you said, when I had the dream, that's when it all changed for you. When I had the dream, a TV, the same thing, and then you get a little bit uh, seemingly obsessive with it, and you do everything you possibly can to make it happen. You work your ass off. You said, if Be Useful sounds relentlessly positive, it is. It is an answer to the pessimism, disconnection, and loss of purpose Arnold saw building over the past few years, especially among young people. You just talked about how sports and athletes and bodies are better than they've ever been, but it does feel like there is a lack of motivation for some portion of society why do you think that is and do you think that's fixable do you think we're going to get to an era of humans that are maybe the hardest working era of humans ever again well i think that um you know we have gone into a generation of uh, people that are kind of trying to find the easy way out and uh you know they think that everyone can become rich you know being a, a high-tech expert and stuff like that um but it's not that that easy. The, the thing that today still is true, as it always was, is, uh, you know, that you have to work your ass off. And uh, you, can, you, you, you can do all the high tech you want. But still, I mean, you know, Ted Turner uh, once said, you know, early to bed, early to rise, work like hell and advertise. And uh, I'm a big believer in that. You know, you have to work your ass off. Everything that I've ever done, if it was uh, being involved in bodybuilding, being involved in show business, in movies, I mean, being for six months sometimes on a set doing a movie and then you go and you finish there and you go to another movie right after that. You work sometimes nights when you work with Jim Cameron when he directed Terminator 2. I remember we worked 87 days at nights and it's, it's crueling doing the action and doing the stunts and you get injuries and all that kind of the stuff. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I inspire people to go and work your ass off and oh, yeah. not to be afraid of failure. Because so many people are kind of shy of failure. They're afraid of it. 
and they don't want to then do anything big because they don't want to fail really big. And I always tell them, don't be afraid of failure. You know, just go all out and just uh, have a specific goal in mind and then go after that relentlessly. And, 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 and it, it needs hard, hard work. So everything I've ever done, even in the governor's office, I mean, you're there from nine in the morning on in that office. You sit there to six o'clock at night and then you have to go to fundraisers and you have to go and communicate with the people out there to make sure that the people are coming with you and follow you because it's one thing to pass laws, but it's another thing to make people understand the laws that you pass. And uh, when you, for instance, say, we want to reduce pollution by 25%. Well, you know, that you want to make sure that the California people then know the reason why we're doing is because there's 7 million people that die every year of pollution. So we can do better than that. So let's get rid of pollution. Let's get rid of fossil fuels. There's no reason why people have to die of cancer because of all of that stuff. So, so you know, it was like work, work, work the whole time and, uh, you know, be positive and having that clear vision. And so uh, so those are the rules that I talk about in a book. And I be- in the book I wrote basically just to make people, uh, you know, more successful, to make them happier. And to, because so many people are down, 78% of the people in America hate their jobs. I mean, what the hell is that? Yeah, that's How not can good. you go and uh, hate your job and then go to work every day for years and years and years? No wonder people are looking forward to retiring. And I said, I said, what is that all about, retiring? I mean, it's like, uh, hell, you got to go and just continue on until you, when, when you're six feet under. That's when you can retire. That's when you can, you know, lie back a little bit and just relax. But not <laughs> while we are on this side of the grass. This is all like conquering, achieving, Conquer. working hard, and living rather than existing. Hell yes. By the way, oh. I love that all you're talking about is work ethic. <laughs> like that is the trait, I think, that I hope my daughter has. I hope uh, very lucky that it was something passed down from my father and my mother. I love that that's your entire message. I, I, I hope more people will read Be Useful, Seven Tools for Life uh, by Arnold Schwarzenegger, available now. And you say you work hard at everything. Remember when he was a salesman and his neighbor was trying to have sex with his wife? Oh, yeah. And you know what you did? You got that turbo, man. They just, <laughs> end of the day. You got Turbo Man. Yeah. That asshole neighbor was trying to, oh, he's always at work. Oh, he's working, <laughs> taking advantage of that. Rest in peace, obviously. But you got Turbo Man at the end of the day. You can work hard and still be a great human. I think you've proved that time and time again, especially around the holidays. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, you're absolutely right. One of the things I talk about in a book is it is absolutely essential if you want to be successful to give something back to your community because you know, not everyone is as fortunate as we are, where we make money and where we do the kind of stuff that we that we wanted to do. Uh, so people are falling through the tracks a lot of time. I was like, for instance, yesterday out in East L.A. at the Hollenbeck Center handing out Turkey, hundreds of turkeys to people yeah. that can't afford. Hey, let's go, governor. Turkeys. That's our governor. Hell yeah. You're a good dude, man. You could be on a beach smoking cigars all day, every day. Yep. The amount yeah. of money you've made, everything you've accomplished. When's retirement? Dead. I'm giving out turkeys tomorrow. <laughs> mm-hmm. I appreciate the hell exactly. out of you. The boys got a bunch of questions for you, Arnold. Ty, go ahead, pal. Yeah, Arnold, I'm sure when people talk to you, you know, they always mention Commando and Predator and Terminator 1 and Terminator 2. And, and I agree because I've seen those countless amount of times. But I'd be remiss if I didn't say... Thank you for making Twins and Kindergarten Cop. Oh, yeah. I think That's I've seen Thank you. I saw both Thank those you, thousands of times growing up. Cops but I'm just curious, like, when your film career first started, at what point did you realize, like, 
hey, listen, everything I touch turns to fucking gold. So it doesn't really matter <laughs> what the script says or what, what this movie is about. If I'm in it, this thing is going to open up at number one on the box office when it comes out that weekend. And then also, at what point did you decide, like, hey, the action stuff, I've kind of cornered that market. I want to move to you know some of these more comedic roles like Twins and Kindergarten Cop. Well, it's a good question. I think that when and I did Conan the Barbarian, which was kind of the first international movie that I did, um, Universal Studios wanted to send me to like three, four countries uh, to promote the movie. And I said, no, no, look, this is uh, my chance to really promote myself from bodybuilding to an actor. And so I want to go to 10 countries. So then they mapped out the whole strategy to go to 10 countries and to promote the film. And I could really see the response internationally and I could see that there was a breaking through. And I, I, that, that was the moment where I felt was a breakthrough for me. And from then on, I got, you know, Terminator office and Commander and Predator and Red Heat and, uh, you know, Running Man and all of those kind of movies. So that was really the big breakthrough with the action movies. But you're absolutely right. I was kind of like saying to myself, well, you know, there's something funny about me also. I have a good sense of humor. I want to draw the comedies. But it was very hard to break into comedies because the studio said, look, we're making all this money now with you as an action hero, so why would we give you a comedy? And then Ivan Reitman, the director of Ghostbusters, who just came out with Ghostbusters, remember, uh, he said to me, I develop a project with you. I direct you. And so from that point on, when he didn't develop Twins, uh, and Twins became my biggest grossing movie ever, uh, that's when all of a sudden I started getting offers also uh, for comedies that you think Kindergarten Cop and Junior mm-hmm. and True Lies with Jim Cameron, with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, which was really a fantastic experience. So this is when I broke through and I knew, okay, I have that corner, uh, that that kind of, uh, uh, you know, thing mastered too. So it, it, there were moments like that, that, that were breakthrough moments. But I have to say that everything was a struggle. Everything had, you know, its failures in there. I opened up movies that went in the toilet, that didn't no. open them up. I don't believe that. Uh, I don't oh, believe yes. That. I mean, yeah, yeah. And you know something? You have to just learn from that. And you have to say, you know, the story maybe wasn't good enough. You have to pay more attention to the story. And, you know, because what is not on the page is not on the stage. It's the old saying in Hollywood. And so I had to realize that. And so in bodybuilding, I had my failures. I lost competitions. In powerlifting, I lost competitions. Politically, after I won the, the governorship, there was an election late, later on where I had some initiatives on the ballot and they all lost. So I had my losses, but it doesn't matter because when you lose, you're not a loser. The loser always stays down. I always got up. I dusted myself off and I said, okay, I'm going to get back and I'm going to go and try it again and try it again and try it again. In my bench press, I mean, I was trying 500 pounds. I tried it 10 times and it failed. But the 11th time I did it. So, I mean, so you never give up. That's simple. Hey, life will teach you a lot on the bottom of 500 pounds, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Life will teach you a lot down there, those 10 failures. Let's get to the 11th. Do you talk to The Rock ever? You know, it feels like The Rock is now this generation's action star. He's had a couple that have gone not so great, but and obviously that have gone very well. Do you two just chit-chat about being the biggest action stars on Earth? Well, you know, The Rock uh, is someone that I have admired for many, many years. <clears throat> I thought that he handled his career really well. I think that he's just one of those multi-talented guys that has a great personality. He's a great athlete, great wrestler. He can do, you know, big stunts on, on a set. And he's very mm-hmm. familiar with that and the fight scenes and all that stuff. So I think that his personality comes through. 
His, uh, you know, great command of the of the scenes is coming through. He's very, very talented all around. I mean, I, I think that I think the world of him. I think he's really fantastic. Go ahead, AJ. You mentioned uh, Jim Cameron a few times in True Lies, Terminator Two. Can you like? He seems like a guy that is not scared to take a a big chance and taking a big swing at things. We see what he's doing with Avatar right now. What was it like working with him on set day to day? Well, he's a genius. You know, he just writes. It's. It, I've I've never met anybody to be honest with you that is so multi talented because that guy does. You know, he knows. He comes from the background of set decorating, and so he. He knows how to decorate the set, how to light the set. He knows everything about the cameras. He knows everything about everything. I mean, it's like technically he's so superior. His writing skills are so superior. His directing skills are superior. He can do comedy. He can do action. He can do anything. It's just amazing how smart the guy is and what a great vision he has. He's a visionary. He sees everything in front of him. I mean, that's how he writes. You know, he sees the movie in front of him, and then he goes to write and direct. So I, I, I you know, I, I wish I could do many more movies with him because he's just so talented. And you know, when you when you go, you still acting? Uh, yeah, with, we still doing that. Say again. You still acting? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 you know, we are doing this spring, coming spring, the second season of Fubar, mm-hmm. which is the TV series that was very, very popular on Netflix. And it went through the roof. So it was kind of like a, a takeoff of True Lies. It was a kind of like action and comedy at the same time with a great cast there. And uh, Netflix did a fantastic job in promoting the TV show. So now we have a second season. So we're doing, we're shooting that. It would take around four and a half uh, months to film that in Toronto. And then we're going to go and put that out on AI again. And so, yeah, I'm going to, and then I'm going to do another film with Danny DeVito, yes. which uh, he has been working on on the script and writing right now with his writers so i'm looking forward to that so yeah i do everything i do policy you know at the schwarzenegger institute um where we do where we deal with policy at usc uh the policy like healthcare, immigration reform homeless issues water issues here in california and all of the education issues after school programs that sounds fun kind of thing. that sounds like so a blast a, arnold that one sounds it, real it, fun well you know it's i learned when I was there as governor, you know, that you can make a difference. And you just have to figure out how to craft the policy. How do you talk and communicate to the people and bring them along? And, uh, you know, so it's fun to do. So, you know, when I finished with my, when I finished my, my governorship, I didn't clock out. You know, this is it, most of the politicians you can do that. The they clock out. You never hear from them again. But I think this is like a... You know, it's terrible because what kind of a message is that if you have committed yourself to be a public servant, how do you go and all of a sudden discontinue being a public servant? So to me, it's a continuation of follow through, Mm -hmm. like in sports, everything is about follow through, you know, and, uh, and, and so this is what this is. So I want to continue being involved in policy and make this a better world. That's what my fourth act people always ask me, what is the fourth act? I say my fourth act is about using my talents from bodybuilding from show business, from governorship, and use all those talents, put it together, and make it a better world. And so this is why I wrote the motivational book. That's why I uh, hold motivational speeches. And that's why I continue on with my show business and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, I want to be involved and bring all of those talents together. Hell yeah. Every once in a while, you know, when you dabble into act two with the acting, 
and then you're still properly jocked. Yeah. And then you put Danny DeVito back on it. Oh, oh buddy, you're making the world a better place then too, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's good news. I think there's a lot of greatness coming from it. You should be incredibly proud. Done good out of Austria. Nick has a question for you in the back. Massive fan. Arnold, I watched your documentary, and there was a piece that really fascinated me. You talked about the schmay. I hope I'm saying it right, but I believe uh, you yeah. explained the term in the documentary. I was wondering if you talked about it in your book and if you could tell all these guys and everybody watching how the schmay kind of helped you throughout your life. Well, it's kind of like uh, really communicating well and to find a way uh, of uh, bringing a little oomph to the reality. Uh, you know, instead of doing a boring speech, uh, you know, it's always good to kind of like throw in some good humor and uh, to spice it up a little bit. And that's what we call the Austrian Schmee. Uh, you know, it's a lot of times they call it the bullshit and, <laughs> oh, and, uh, okay. in America. But I mean, that's, that's what it is. It's kind of like spicing it up. I was always a believer to kind of make it interesting. So when you speak to students at a commencement speech, you want them to walk away and not say, oh, this was just another speech. They want to say, that was really cool. I mean, he had some really funny lines in there. He was really funny and all this stuff. So that's the schmay. Okay. Hey, I love it. Yeah. Love the schmay. We're about to schmay all day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's pretty much all we got. I know. Yeah. That's, why I love, oh, yeah. that's why I love being on this show because, are you kidding me? I was waiting for, 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 for a long time now to be on this show because you guys have to, the, you have the magic down. I mean, you have so much fun and you're over the top and your personalities come out, you know, and people are not used to this from football players because they think that they're, they're great on a football field. But, I mean, here you are. I mean, you've always had the talents. Thank you, you Arnold. Thank you. That's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, what yeah. you just said is a big deal. I want to let you know why. Because we just so happened to be in the same hotel that you were eating brunch oh, at one morning. Oh man. And you walked in, and I was up in my room, and the boys were at the restaurant. And there was 45 texts in a group text. Heads up. Heads up. Arnold fucking Schwarzenegger is here. That is the reaction that your name gets from our group. So you saying nice things about us is sweet, but felt like there's a little schmay in there, too. You know what I mean? <laughs> felt like there was a little bit Always of and everything to schmay. <laughs> uh, Connor has a question for you. Yeah, Arnold, something that maybe didn't have that much uh, schmay, if you will, uh, is when you had to drive a tank uh, in for your military uh, time in Austria. And I believe, as the story goes, you tell it in the documentary, is that you actually kind Kind of, kind of just said, "Hey, fuck it! I have to go to this weightlifting competition." What was the? Was there any fallout from that? Because I assume if you were told you couldn't go by, you know, a high-ranking officer, and then you still go, there's probably a problem. But was that one of the most, or you know, one of the most important decisions, if you will? You know, deciding to kind of break the rules a little bit and going and doing that competition that really kind of kickstarted everything for you. Well, I, you know. I did not at that time look at it as an important decision. I just registered, uh, you know, to compete in that competition on October 31st in Stuttgart, Germany. And uh, in the meantime, you know, I was drafted to go to the military. So I was in the middle of basic training when this happened. And so I, so I went to the office and I said, hey, I want to go to this competition. And they said, no. You're in basic training and no one can leave the base when you're in basic training. So I said to myself, oh, fuck, I don't give a shit. I'm going to go anyway. <laughs> and so I just I just went knowing that when I come back, the punishment will be severe and they would throw me in jail and there will be peeling potatoes in the kitchen all night long, every night and all that kind of stuff. I said, but so what? I mean, you know, that, that, to me, that didn't scare me. I don't I did not give a shit about anything other than that. I have to win this competition. And this is it. This is what I was training for. 
And I was training in the military, even doing this basic training, which was like hard as hell. But I was training and training and training, doing my weightlifting and my, my, my whole thing. I went out to Stuttgart and I won the fucking competition. You know, I just, uh, hey, I, there was guys from all over Europe competing. And so this was my, you were earlier asking the question, what was the deciding moment where I said, this is all working and I'm in the right direction. This was the moment because now when I won the European Championships with the age of 18, the junior championships, then I knew I was on the right track because uh, I knew that the year later, after the military was over, I would come back and win the regular uh, Mr. Europe competition and best buildman of Europe. And this is exactly what happened. The year later, I won Mr. Europe and the best buildman of Europe went to the Mr. Universe contest with the age of 19, who came second in the Mr. Universe. The following year, I went back to the Mr. Universe one. So to me, this was a deciding thing. But when I came back to the military, yeah, they, they did not know what to do. I came back with the fucking trophy. <laughs> I came back with the trophy. So they said, well, should we now punish him for being a winner? Or should we punish him because he left without permission? So they didn't know what to do. So they put me in jail for one night. And then they let me out. And then the next day, they celebrated with me. And they were all drinking. They were all drunk. Uh, and they're drinking champagne. And celebrating with me this great, great victory. So it was, it really ended up fantastic because the Austrian military, you should know, they are 100% behind, you know, uh, athletic activities. When someone wants to train for soccer or skiing or this, that, they give you the time off to do that. And they always gave me plenty of time throughout my time to in the afternoon when everyone was have to wash their tanks and oil the tanks and grease it and do all that stuff. I, I went into the gym. I went in the lifted weights for hours and hours in the afternoon. I did my tank driving in the morning, and then in the afternoon, the other guys washed my tank, and I was like out there working out like hell. Very nice of them to wash the tank. <laughs> did you say, Did you? was that the first time you're on the record of saying, like, I'll be back with the trophy? Like, is that, is that the first time you were on record of saying that, you think? Maybe that was uh, maybe a little foreshadowing? The most amazing thing is that... Uh, the first time I said I'll be back was on Terminator because I hated the the way it said I'll. I did, as a as a German, we don't have this right this I'll. So I kept saying to Jim Cameron, I said, Jim, I said, why don't I? Say, I'm a machine. I should say I will be back. <laughs> and he says, No, I wrote I'll be back. And I said, But it's better if I say I will be back. And he says, Arnold, I don't tell you how to fucking act, and so don't tell me how to write. <laughs> I'll be back. He says, let's just do 10 takes of I'll be back, and then we, we, we pick the favorite one. If you're worried about it, it sounds bad. I think it sounds great the way you say it, so let's just do it. And so we did it, and no one knew at that time this was a special line, because then when the movie came out, all these people started running up to me and say, I don't say, say this line, I'll be back. And I said, I'll be back. And they said, no, 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 the way you said it in the movie. So I said, oh, okay, I'll be back. And then they say, yeah, 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 that was it. Oh, this is fantastic. So I, we realized all of a sudden that we had the magic line there. So all of the lines that you see from the movies, like, get to the chopper, you know, this is a, like, we did not know this is going to be some a line that people will repeat. Now everywhere I go to the gym or right on a, on a street with the bicycle, people are screaming at me, get to the chopper. <laughs> Put that cookie down. Yes, we love hey, yeah. that was amazing. Home. Hey, you knew exactly what we were looking for. <laughs> you knew exactly what Play we were looking hits. for right there. Here we are 30 years later. Yeah. Play the hits. Still got it. I appreciate that you it's, haven't. It's the Schmay. It's the Schmay. <laughs> it is the Schmay. That's the Schmay. I appreciate that That's you haven't gotten shmay. jaded by it though. You know, some people get jaded by that type of shit. 
no, no. To me, none of this matters. To me, I, <laughs> the only thing that, that counts to me is to do exactly what I want to do, to, to chase my goals. And uh, I don't feel any special. I never felt unique. Oh, Arnold, you're great and all that stuff. This is all bogus. You know, I can look in the mirror and just say I look like shit. And, uh, you know, this, uh, I, I, I never really satisfied with any of the things that I do. I'm always hungry for better and for more. Uh, and I think that's what drives me. This is what makes me kind of motivated and excited. So when I get up in the morning, there's always a purpose there. You know, I always say the first thing I do is feed my animals, my miniature donkey, donkey and my, 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 my uh, uh, Lulu and whiskey, uh, and my pony. And then I have the pig, Schnelli. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then have the three dogs. So, and then of I course. go on the bike and I go to the gym and I work out. So I'm always on a mission. I'm always, there's always a purpose there uh, and, and the work and all that stuff. So it makes life fun. Yeah. And I think that's why you should potentially, uh, you know, bingo. You heard yeah. what he just said. Right. It's all shit. I'm not special, okay? <laughs> we're just working. We're on a mission. We're dreaming here. There's a lot of that in the book. Oh, yeah. uh, Darius has a question for you. Yeah, a couple of things that are special. Pat mentioned it earlier. Your work ethic, your optimism. Like, where where did that come from? Like, where did that come from early in your life, you know, going from the top of the world in show business, powerlifting, politics? Like, how did where did that come from? And I can't let this moment pass without asking you, what are your PRs in your list? Like, your oh, yeah. bench, I need to know. What's the most you put right up now. in the bar? Oh, ever. Oh, I mean, oh. ever and I mean, right now. Well, I mean, uh, first of all, I think that when you have a dream and you're chasing the dream that makes you automatically work hard because in order to get there, you have to work hard. So to me, working was never really the, a problem at all. When I was in the military, I looked forward to getting up in the morning and to running around and doing the basic training and to, to drive the tanks and do all the stuff that is to be done there. When I came to America, I was, you know, Mr. Universe. But there was no month, there was no money in bodybuilding, like in football. So I had to go to work. So I was like a bricklayer. I was doing construction work when I came to America. But it was all fun. I went to school. I went to junior college. I remember I took a few classes there. Always at UCLA, I took some classes. I took, I took acting classes. I was working out five hours a day. And I was working on construction. So it was like the day was 24 hours. And I write about that in the book because so many people say, I don't have time to work out. And I don't have time for this, for my kids. And I don't have time for that. It's just all bogus. You have 24 hours. All you have to do is just really schedule your day really well. And then you can make it. That's the bottom line. So now the, 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 so now let me answer your second question. My yes. best bench press was 525. Uh, my best deadlift was 710. And my best squat was 610. So this were my lifts then. But I have to say they are not at all uh, great in compared to what some of the bodybuilders oh. and lifters are doing today. I can tell you that because today there's guys that are squatting, you know, with with seven, 800 pounds, and this guy did that they, they bench press over 600 pounds uh, and, and all that stuff, bodybuilders. So, I mean, they've really gotten much better. But, you know, time moves on. People get better all the time. Their muscles are better uh, now and thicker and, yep. and more definition and all that stuff. So it's a, yep. uh, it was, it's a different era. But I was very happy oh, yeah. with my lifts that I had then. And, um, you know, it made me grow really fast. Uh, and, and the key thing here is also to know that uh, that your head, your brain is just like a muscle in the body. You know, when you want to get bigger biceps, you go and give the biceps resistance. You do the curl. 
right? Because that's how it grows, through resistance. And the more you go towards the pain period, that when you start hurting, and then you do the forced reps, that's when you really grow. Okay. And the same is Noted. with your brain. Noted. Same thing is with your brain. Because the more resistance that you give your brain, the more you go through suffering, the more you go into and, and, and go through pain and failures and all of that stuff. That is what makes you grow as a person. That's what makes you tough. That was makes you sustain the punishment that is coming up, which we all get in life. And so this is why I always say, don't shy away from those things. Don't go for the comfort. Comfort is evil. Comfort is evil. You have to struggle. That's what it is all about because that's what makes us strong. Hell yeah. Calloused. Love growth. That. Love everything you just said. Now, let's talk about what, the, what we're moving right now. You know what I mean? What are we moving right now? <laughs> We're moving right now. I don't do bench press anymore uh, because of my shoulder problems. But I mean, uh, I also don't lift any more heavy weights because after my heart surgery in 1997, the doctor, the heart specialist said that, look, you know, we put new valves into your heart and so don't, uh, you know, abuse them by, you know, pressing a lot of weights or lifting a lot of weights. Just tone it down, bring the weight down, do more reps and stuff like that. That's what I've been doing. So are you every day still lifting? I assume that's a part of your I, Every day. I go every day to the gym. I go on my bike. I ride down to Gold's gym. I work out 45 minutes and then I ride the bike back. And so that's what's something I do every day, yes. Yeah, some people need it. You know, I assume you're going to be a guy that's going to need it forever. Hopefully. We always need it. We always remember, uh, you know, you rest, you rust. It's that uh, simple. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Hell yeah! I don't want to rust. That's great. No, no, no. one wants to rust. Uh -uh. No one wants to rust. No, that's bad schmay. We don't want any of that. We don't need any of the rust schmay on any of our shit. Last question here, Arnold. You're the man. Go ahead, Tony. Yeah, Arnold. This is a big Expendables office. We once, for one of the shows out of here, did a table read of the Expendables. Um, we love that movie and all those movies. So my question to you is, what was it like working with the greatest collection of actors of all time in a movie? You know, uh, if people would know what I saw, they would be just shocked because those are the sweetest guys. I remember that I had surgery just before I went on, on, uh, on uh, Expendables 2. And, uh, and I went to the set and I told the guys, I said, look, I will not be able to run around uh, or do the things that I want to do. So I, I need a lot of help here uh, because they didn't want to postpone the shooting and all that stuff. And I tell you, those guys, all of them, they jumped into action. I mean, Bruce Willis was running there to put a pad down. So when I run over to this desk and have to kneel down, fall on my knees, that I have a, a, a padded landing. I mean, this is the Good kind man. of stuff that I saw yeah. there. I, 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 I tell you, those ballsy guys... The toughest guys in the world were there, and they were so kind and so sweet and so helpful. I mean, I would never ever forget that. So, to, to me, I think the world of these guys, and you know, they have they're great, great entertainers. They're multi-talented. Some of them are UFC fighters and football players, and some are from the boxing background and this and that. And, and just really, really terrific guys. And it was a great pleasure for me to do this uh, work with those guys and, and, and Expendables, and we had a fantastic time together. You think we need about 10 more of those? You know yeah, I mean? we just do. as a Please. whole, 10 more of those, no problem at all. Feels like you got enough time to figure that one out in your day. <laughs> uh, before we get out of here, I have to mention, we're just now learning about the Arnold's Pump Club. 
which is, uh, I believe, a, a newsletter, a daily email that's just going to motivate yeah. the hell out of you. Yup. If it's anything like this conversation we just had, yup. Is that showing up in my email every morning? Yup. Am I becoming Arnold Schwarzenegger because of this thing? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Is that is that is that what the is that what the newsletter is? Is that what we're popping off in the in the email? Uh, the newsletter will not make you another Arnold Schwarzenegger. The newsletter will make you inspired to work out every day, to work on yourself, to improve yourself. It is the positive corner on the internet because there's so much negativity out there all the time. Where people talk about hating each other because they're from different parties and different races and this and that. And I am so much against all that. I'm about inclusion and bringing people together. And I want them to be happy. I want them to be successful. And this is what this does. It pumps you up. That's why it's called the pump corner. It's like it pumps you up. Well, I can't wait to get pumped the fuck up. (laughs) You're the man, dude. I really appreciate you. I can't wait to see how many people continue to read this book and how a generation can maybe be inspired by a man that took a shot on betting on himself and with an obsessive work ethic has become one of the most influential humans to ever exist. I appreciate the hell out of you. What's the rest of the day look like? What do we got the rest of the day? Well, I'm not going to go on my bike ride and I'm not going to go work out and then I'm going to have lunch uh, with my son, with Patrick and, uh, and then I will continue doing my businesses. I heard you just got done playing a game of chess, beat the shit out of somebody. That's what I heard. I heard we put him in. Yeah, a, yeah, uh, that's, yeah exactly. Don't say it too loud because he's sitting right next to me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, watch out for that closed Sicilian, okay? Yeah. Especially when Arnold's working his shit. Uh, the schmay is at an all-time high. We appreciate you, ladies and gentlemen, the legend, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Hey, Arnold! Love you, Arnold! Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Back. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Hold on. Hey, hey uh, Arnold. Arnold, there's a chopper right over there. There's a chopper right over there. Get to the chopper. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Arnold. Yeah, he's gone. See you guys. Miss you. See you, Arnold. Love you, Appreciate Arnold. You. Love you, Arnold. That was unbelievable. Pat ran to the bathroom, yeah. maybe. No, no he, he ran to the, the chopper, chopper, dude. You asshole. asshole. Yeah, there's a fucking chopper he out there. He had to there. go. Wake up. Couldn't, on the way there. Couldn't crease the Air Forces either. I don't know if you saw yeah, me mid-run. Yeah. Had to <laughs> <laughs> flat feet. run a little flat-footed <laughs> yeah. to the chopper. Not that much urgency. <laughs> well, that's stupid. Yes. What we had like Barry you. Sanders yesterday. Yeah. With Cheetah. Sorry about Prick. Which, by the way, we are almost one full show away no it is everyone's Tuesday it is it certainly is come on Mm, yeah Yeah, zero full shows oh no that's that's fuck oh yeah that's the F-dash dash that was Jay Glazer that was Jay Glazer wasn't me the Wachita one he's yesterday with Barry Sanders and then Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah there it is there There we go there we go boy Good work, D. You think that ever happens to again? Too and go to AJ. AJ, AJ what you like? Well, you like something funny? <laughs> yep. You have to ask a fucking question. Rewatching it though, you did have it. Like, had, you had Witcher out of your I mouth. Had you had Witcher out of your mouth. You were to T. Yeah, you were at the T. You were. There's two letters left in that whole thing. You were there. Second guess myself. Never should. Can't do that. Never should. Gotta have conviction. Gotta believe in yourself. Rip the ball down. We got from Barry Sanders the fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger. Wow, this is awesome. Pretty sweet. That was cool. I'm very happy to hear that he knows about our show. How about his girlfriend yeah. in the Achilles factory? Small world. That little office over there, that little factory over there, has really yeah. done us well. Hey, thank you yeah, over there. Thank you, factory. How about yeah. Arnold? She, I would assume she was forced to watch some. Probably. Because of Aaron. And then she brings it up. You should see these dipshits. 
And then I want to talk about Shmay. Yeah. I like these guys. <laughs> he starts watching the show. That's amazing to think about. Are we friends with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Feels like it. Yeah, it does, actually. I'm certainly signing up for the fucking pump club. Yep. Yeah. 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 Send him that an animal. Book. Huh? Send him, like, some sweet animal. You know, he has those sweet animals. Let's send him, like, a zebra or something. Donkey, pig. What else he uh, Pony. Yeah, mini pony. pony. Yep, mini horse. Go hang out with them, he says. We send him a... Yeah, send him a bison. Yeah, send him something Maybe an huge. elephant. Maybe a fucking elephant. Yes. So say we'll always remember you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. That'd be a good gift. Let's send him a fucking elephant. Good luck picking up that shit. Shmay. Shmay. Love you. Thank How about that? Hey, good question back there, job, Nick, about Shmay. Yeah, I, I didn't remember that from the documentary. Thanks, man. It just stuck with me for some reason. It was like he got like that like uh, certain type of charm, that charisma that you can't really define. Moxie. He summed it mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Yeah, because they brought up the comments about, you know, the pomp is better than coming. And that's where he talked about the Shmay. He said when, when, yeah. That's what he said. Hey, that's verbatim in the documentary. He's trying to promote the sport. Words out promote of his the mouth. Sport. Yes. How about him giving us some tips, by the yeah, way? Yeah. Hey, when you're really, the ones that are forced reps, that's when we're growing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and power. Let's get to that. Let's power through. And then now we're moving. Yep. You rest, you rust. Oh, I love that. Oh. Yeah. Retire when you're in a box, he said. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He's on this side of the grass. That motherfucker's just a, he's a workhorse. He goes. Yeah. He's got a great beard, too. Very good because mm-hmm. it's it's probably shit. It's right here on the in the, on the, the handsome cover. fellow on that cover. Yeah, su- super handsome. Not able to work out the way he used to because it's hard. But right, where we see him in a national championship? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that was the hotel. Yeah. There you go. There, yeah. Oh yeah, you're saying I was, I was hit my pants. Yeah, that was the text. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wasn't Nuts. there. I missed it. Holy shit! Holy shit! Like yeah. six of them. Pum pum pum. Yeah. Fuck fuck fuck. Wow wow wow. Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger's at the restaurant right now. Mm-hmm. Where in the hotel? I couldn't get there. Or Ten f- feet away from us. Mm-hmm. Yep. Thought I was never going to meet him. Had 15 eggs for breakfast. Mm-hmm. And after those, he said, I'll be back for 15 more. Yeah, mm-hmm. Boom. How about him just start rattling off the hits? Yeah, That's he leans awesome. into it. Love it. That was True cool. Lies is so good. I'm going to rewatch True Lies. True Lies That's a great. great movie. I wanted to ask him about that, that dream sequence where he just hammer fists Bill Pullman's face, I believe it was, multiple times in the car. <laughs> you guys remember that? Oh, yeah. 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 It's a oh, great it's Turbo scene. Man, though, In the right? van? Turbo Man was awesome. No. He's driving the little convertible. Jingle all the way. Uh, Ooh. Yeah. That neighbor in the Good. middle of me saying, fuck that guy. I remember yeah. he's dead. Yeah, but yeah, you yeah. said all right. Yeah. yeah, well, that's why I had I was really about to roll on yeah. that guy. He's a great actor. Because everything that Arnold was talking about, work ethic and having to work to have things, yep. that guy was preying on. Mm-hmm. You know, the next door yeah. neighbor. Oh, he's never, uh, oh, he's at work again, huh? Mm, trying to provide? I'm not, I don't fucking work. I don't do any of that. Sliding in the back door and then Turbo Man's wanted. Oh, oh yeah. Ridiculous. Oh, that guy, real heel. He that guy, one of the biggest heels of any movie I've ever watched. Mm-hmm. It was uh, Phil, Phil Hartman. Phil Hartman, yeah. yeah. Recipe. Sinbad, Sinbad helped him out, right? Didn't they kind of team up? Yep. Uh, Sinbad, yeah, in Jingle All the Way. Yeah, in a way. Yeah. In a way, yeah. He was certainly a part of the process. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> he was at the store. Yeah. Kindergarten Cop was my all-time. Oh, yeah. We're almost at the time to watch, uh, not Kindergarten Cop, but you can watch that anytime. Anytime. Yeah, but. But Jingle All the Way. Oh, we're there. Santa yeah, Claus, sure. Grinch. Oh, yeah. yeah. Next week. We're, we're there, here. We're, yeah, there. we're there. There's no Thanksgiving for movie. Friday, really. Bingo. Go ahead and turn on the Santa yeah. Claus and say, hey, Scott Calvin, take me into the fucking holiday season. Go. And then just let Jim Carrey dressed up as the Grinch yep. in a snowflake floating through town. 
Let that go ahead and bang. Mm -hmm. And then why not drop in fucking jingle all the way on the other side? Absolutely. If you're feeling frisky, maybe Fred Claus. Did you see the news, by the way? Bad Santa. Yeah, Yeah. Shaq Leonard got cut. I know. Thanks, Diggs. This guy just wants to take us back from before Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, no, real news. They cut Anthony Richardson? No. James Carey is signed on to do Grinch 2 now. Wow. I believe that's horseshit. Oh, Oh, I'm sorry. Are all these... Reputable sources, horseshit. I don't know. That comes out. It's come out a couple times in the last few years. I don't think so. Well, what are the reputable sources? Well, is Jim Carrey in the mood to just become the Grinch for what four months? Exactly. And that what he does? Yeah, mm-hmm. he's a method guy. That would be tough. Yes, done much. We got to ask Arnold about that. Boom. Daily Mail: Jim Carrey to star in the Grinch sequel, twenty-three years after originally okay. playing Whoa. the part of the Grumpy Christmas. Unilad. Okay, they buy up all the stuff on the internet and they own every viral video. Jim mm-hmm. Carrey reportedly set to return. And then Screen Geek, that's... Screen Geek, uh, I'll buy it. I'll allow it. Okay. Oh, they said one day ago, Jim Carrey reportedly returning for the Grinch, too. That's great news for everybody. Huge. Scott Calvin came back, too, right? Yeah. Yep. That's, well, that's actually in season two. That's a show? Santa Claus is, yeah. Yeah, it's a show, right? Yeah. What? That's a great show. The, the Santa Claus, buddy, that's the best one. They yeah, did damn it. good. One show. They did it. Yeah. I could watch all of them. You know? Yeah, they're all good, but yeah, the first one is, yes, very good. Mm-hmm. Fred Claus is Diva, you seen the Santa Claus? Yeah. No, you haven't. No, you have you son of a bitch. Yeah. What happens in it? Diva? Oh, Christmas comes. Hello. He does, though. Wow. Yeah. 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 See? <laughs> <laughs> My bad. I knew you saw it. <laughs> uh, how about the Grinch? You seen that one with Jim Carrey? Yeah. Banger. Okay. Four Christmases. Home Alone. What's your favorite? What's your favorite oh, Christmas? Oh, Home Alone. Uh, I completely one. forgot. One. Yeah, for sure. See, I love Lost in New York, but yeah. I don't yeah. mind New York as well. Yeah. Plus, I think that's a good one. DJT's in it, too. Yes. Yeah, it makes a cameo. That's great. He's president. Yeah. That's, that's not my president. Oh, I didn't know who you were talking about. Because he's not the president right now. Wow. That's he, was, I mean, he was cool to everybody. First sound of reason that you've had in a long time. I have on plenty this. of reason. I'm plenty, just saying, plenty. in that particular sphere. Look at you growing. Yeah. Look at you. Arnold's my president. Maybe. Could be. Well, he did no, go he into policy a little bit there. <laughs> yeah. He did. He still does it. Oh, yeah. I wasn't born here. Right. Yeah. Could be governor. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't, can't be president. What are you going to be, 35? Mm-hmm. American born? Mm-hmm. Yep. Hell yeah. That's it. Red blooded. Well, actually, these days you have to be 75, but. Yeah. 80 years old. Dead. Can't talk. Mm-hmm. To run for what? Any position in politics. Yeah. Great. Crazy. Most of the high up ones, too. How is that a thing, you think? I don't know anything about it. We need to go to Argentina now and figure out how they did it. All right. I've heard (laughs) a lot of you are talking the way you're talking. That guy. What? And this is exactly what I've been saying about reason and logic and everything. That is reason and logic. (laughs) Some of those videos come out and make me question AI. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some of them coming out. (laughs) That guy's a lightning rod. I guess that's not AI is what we've been told. Nope. (laughs) Great sideburns on that son of a bitch. I don't know. Sideburns, you notice that? All I see is that hair. Oh, yeah, hair too. Sideburns come down to his His hair doesn't move, but his face certainly says a lot. Oh, yeah. And it it, it is really going. A lot of product. All right, before we get out of here, and uh, it has been a glorious Tuesday, Arnold Schwarzenegger Tuesday. Hell yeah. Yes. Yep. Who, Arnold Schwarzenegger's watching? Hey, Arnold. Listen, you're one of the greats. Society needs you to continue to be that way. Oh, yeah. You should stop watching this shitty-ass fucking show. <laughs> okay? Right Arnold, we got a lot of schmay around here. Mm-hmm. It's not schmay you need, though. Mm-mm. We need you to continue to do policy. Yeah. 
Yep. And he continues to serve society. Mm-hmm. We need his fourth act to be bigger than the first three acts combined because that is what's possible. With the brain that you have, Arnold Schwarzenegger, our show, only going to ruin that. Only going to ruin that. Need less of us, but we need more of you. Hell yeah. Hey, man. Love you, Arnold. I think we need to come to the Thunderdome. Yeah, bring a box. Bring a box of cigars. Could you too. imagine how quickly we would fucking ruin his schmay oh, if so he quick. came out here? <laughs> to no, the you love door. the Hawkeyes, though. Him and the Hawkeyes would be great. Yeah. yeah I, I don't think I've done any of those poses before, by the way. But when Mr. Olympia <laughs> says, yeah, you hey, you 13-time world champion says, hey, yep. well, why don't you show me some of those muscles you have? You have to. Look you natural. Know, I've seen you guys do this in photos. Yep. Yeah. I've seen this one before. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Hulk Hogan did that one all the time, brother. Mm-hmm. Yep. That had to be for a reason. Oh, yeah. Hulk was just dominating. Should have woke him up. <laughs> that would have been good. Yeah. And he's posing in those documentaries. Holy shit. Crazy. Feels like you're going to pass out. Yeah. Like the way they. Here he is uh, from Conan. Uh, Will he's... Chamberlain and Andre the Giant. Those are big guys. <laughs> those are big guys. That's obese. That's him in the middle. Yep. That's him in the middle. Yeah. That's the guy we just talked to. Mm-hmm. On the right, Andre Johnny used to be able to drink 60 beers in one flight yeah. from California to New York or whatever. Beast. Believable. And then the other side, uh, there's a lot of stories about, about him and his accomplishments <laughs> his as well. Uh-huh. Yep. Great at basketball. Uh, charmer. Yep. He's a charmer. Mm-hmm. Charmer. They tell true stories about him all the time. Oh, all the time. Mm-hmm. Especially that 100-point game. <laughs> little, little, little questionable. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, whoa. I just haven't seen any film of it. You're talking about the 100 points? You're talking yep. about the 100 points or that he had sex with 25,000 women? This is all I've seen of that 100 points. What, just a sign? Yeah. It's it's like you're better, you better fucking believe I just, it. I just haven't seen it. I'll tell you what. I didn't really believe that conspiracy until I was shown all the facts. We saw the box score. Oh, yeah. Boom. Game, set, match. You study. don't buy it? I mean, they're starting five, five, seven white guys on the other side. I think I think he probably he, he could have scored 400 points if he wanted to. Yeah, you're right. The fact that they said it was 100 might have been a lie. It might have been 120. Exactly. There might have no, been 105. Might have shaved a couple off. We have no idea. No three seconds either. So you could just go down there, park it, not even have to score. Scoring 100 points, you're going to need it. That's a point like. Yeah, quick. That's oh, yeah. really quick. Oh, yeah. We're not, we don't have three seconds anyways. No, no. 50 uh, baskets. Yeah, we got to just keep this thing moving. Anyways, let's keep it moving. Thank you for yeah. watching, Arnold. Great cigars. What's he smoking there, you think? And I saw you because you saw him smoking half the... Yeah, yeah. That's like a natural smoker's thing to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some great clips of Arnold talking to the camera about why he smokes cigars and calling people calling people out for not smoking where they want. Well, actually, here is the clip that you're referring to of Arnold talking about his cigar smoking. Yeah, you're right. They said it was 100, might have been a... The hell that is that? not the clip. That was me. That's not Inception. Like that was me talking. Huh. Holy shit. That is not what Arnold... I'm reading that daily newsletter, so I am becoming Arnold. Because right. I'm a stud. I'm ballsy. <laughs> I don't take no shit from anyone. I smoke my stogie anywhere I want. I don't have to find a hideout place like you. <laughs> <laughs> that's a full longer clip, too. About like There's a couple minutes in that one, but that's obviously the highlight. I'm at the end whole, laughing in the <laughs> yeah. face of the whole thing. What do you think he's smoking, AJ? What do you think he's smoking? Something really nice. Something nice that I've never got my hands on. What type of thing? Can you, like, is there, you know, if you were to ask I don't know, about probably, marijuana, for instance, I would give some sort of answer. Connecticut yeah. rapper, probably. No, I, don't, I think he's nice, dark, heavy cigars that men smoke. Like, he... he he knows what he's doing. Okay, so what are those? Those are the slow burners. Those are the, they take a while with the heavy, dark ones. What does that mean? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like more potent, little, when you, a little more bite to it, I think, as you do it. It's almost like uh, I compare it to beer drinkers that drink yeah. like light beer compared to IPAs that you taste them and, you know, you see the beer and it's, 
19% alcohol and it's red and they tell you it's beer. It's like there's some cigars sm- taste like that kind of. Got it. Okay. A little thick, a little heavier. Yep. A little oh, bit yeah. more cigar-y cigar. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. I love that that's what he's smoking. That's what he should be smoking. Yeah. Beast. I mean, he smokes wherever the fuck he wants. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike you. <laughs> 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 We're off Thursday and Friday, and uh, I think the boys maybe let that seep in. <laughs> is it smelling there? We do apologize that's for not the lack only of focus, in. but... Uh, Swap that chair up. There is a little bit of... Uh, no. A little excrement of... So the uh, baby last night... Uh, goes down to sleep about six thirty seven ish. Hadn't pooped yesterday though, so obviously uh, it's coming. A little bit of an alarm. Yeah. So at about eight ten, you know, she's screaming, she's crying down there, and she's going through a little uh, fever thing as well. So you know, all eyes on. Little thing, uh, whole night. She good. I go down, get her out. We go down, get her out. As soon as I put her up on the thing, <laughs> we're talking nice explosion dump. We're talking. Out the side of the diaper. Oh, yeah. Whole situation. It's dark in there, Blah. obviously, because we're trying to keep mm-hmm. it dark. Yep. So it's a, we, I heard the situation. I felt the situation. Sure. Mm-hmm. But I didn't fully have eyes on the situation yeah. in real time. Mm-hmm. Ruined her onesie, her little sleepy onesie. Oh, yeah. I mean, just absolutely decapitated the, the diaper as well. Just powered right through it. I think similar thing just happened to Ty because yeah. I saw his face yes. kind of go through a little bit as if my baby was crying, uncomfort, a little discomfort yeah. happening in the mm-hmm. face. And then some bubble must have moved through there. And, uh, you know, every once in a while you just kind of have a miscalculation. This Big one just, just audio? You know, is this one just audio? Oh. Or is there a potential virtual reality happening here as well? Mm. This one was video, audio, and virtual reality. He, yeah. That guy dumped his pants. Yeah. Yeah. You can tell when he was writing it out, too, because I glanced over. And I was like, I wonder what this is about. Never happened before. Yeah, I saw the I just SH. Oh, no. You can, see it, <laughs> you can really see it on his face. He was, he was disgusted with himself him there. He felt like he was disgusted with himself. A hand. I yeah. mean, that is going to be a photo that I might put as my uh-huh. bio. My fo- banner. Yeah, maybe. Might have to. Uh, Zito is actually printing it so we can hang it up Perfect. in the studio at some point as we speak. So <laughs> I think it's time for us to get out of here. We've done enough today. <laughs> Haven't we? The hell of a day. I think yeah. you're probably right. Oh, yes. Oh, man. Proud of you, Ty. That boy, Ty. Zito just loving it over his shoulder. Yeah, he is. That guy just ruined a pair of pants. So good. Some underwear and probably a chair. And maybe his afternoon. But it could have got better as well. Yeah. Because... What's on the other side of a shard? Hmm. It's clear guts. Amen. So whenever you're going through a shard or a shitty situation, remember, the sun is brightest after the darkest dawn. Yep. The air is cleanest after the most shitty air has come through. Boom. So everything Ty's going through is a nice little encapsulation of today's conversation with Arnold. Yep. You never have a losing situation. Nope. You have a learning situation. Yep. One that you can build calluses from and get better from. And us as a show, although one of us shit our pants in the middle of the show today. Sure. Tomorrow, maybe we don't. How about it? And we get better from this. We grow from this. Mm -hmm. We learn from this. And we get callous from this. AJ, anything to add on top of that about the mindset going forward after one of our guys shits his pants live on the air after we talked to Arnold Schwarzenegger just an hour before that? I don't want to rain on any positivity because I agree. I love Arnold's attitude his mindset everything is positive everything is an opportunity to get better but unfortunately for ty 
It's not always better on the other side of one of these charts because that just means another one might be coming in an hour or two. Maybe on his no, drive home. Not today. No, not today. <laughs> no, not no, today. This yeah. was the only not one. Not today, though. Yeah, that's right. Not That's old tie. Not today. That hey, won't man. happen anymore. There you you're go. right. This yeah, is this the last one he's ever going to have. Bingo. This isn't an indicator to an evening field of... Uh-uh. There's going to be any of that. <laughs> and Connor alluded to it. He had a delicious-looking Whopper. Yeah. Oh, 10.45 a.m. By 10.45 a.m. Onion rings. I saw it. It inspired me to get a burger. Uh I ordered a burger. I was looking at it. I'm like, you know what? That fucking burger looks really good this morning. I said, I need to get me a burger. But we knew he was rolling the dice. I think he even got some. Some onion rings, too. I think it's chocolate milk, or was that Nick, Nick had the chocolate Nick milk? Had, Nick had the chocolate milk for my hop. These guys really roll the dice in the morning with this situation <laughs> on a regular basis. Perfectly fact, acceptable thing to eat with breakfast. <laughs> There's no way, dude. That is true. I love chocolate milk. These guys should be shitting their pants every day, and it only happens every once in a while. More impressive. We need, that's what we need to continue yeah. to look at. D-Butt, I don't know if you're here tomorrow. Are you here tomorrow? Have a great Thanksgiving. Have a great Thanksgiving, D-Butt. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, folks. Happy Thanksgiving. Great work this week. You did fantastic. You too. No. Almost as shitty as Ty's pants, but <laughs> we'll try to get better tomorrow. And uh, thank you to Arnold. Thank you to Aaron. Thank you to Dan Orlovsky. In the first yeah. hour, mm-hmm. he was awesome. That was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. He gave us all the answers. You remember that? He always does. I got That's a text great. from a couple people that said, you know what? I'm happy this guy has all the answers. Yeah. He does. Doesn't he, AJ? <laughs> he really does. Yes. I'd like to see those texts. <laughs> Oh, man. This one's for Arnold, you know? Yeah. Yes, here we go. Do it. This one's for Arnold. We have a new marquee. Uh, zero shows mm. since Ty last started. Okay, oh, we no. will keep that record. Yeah, have to. Because the way he eats, that thing might not get to 10. Bingo. Because uh, as the season's gone on, I think boys maybe got a little bit more tired, a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more, yeah, fucking, why not a milkshake at 930? <laughs> sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. And as we grow into adults, those react differently a little bit inside. Sure. Maybe the shark wakes some people up, too. How about the lukewarm Red Bull, too? Darius fed him right before he went live. Yeah, that was interesting. He's been a good teammate. Well, were you? Yeah. Usually, the Red Bull kind of settles your stomach a little bit. Is that uh, how that works? Uh, okay. What to do when you have about 20 <laughs> ounces of dew hey, in your I'm, gut I'm, as well? I'm not responsible for the other shit. Dew, Zin, Red Bull, Whopper, mm-hmm. onion, ring, onion rings, chocolate milk. Boom. I mean, there's a chance. There's a chance. How, How did he shark? How? Some people may ask. You know, there's, there's a shot. There's a shot that it might not stay in. You know? Wow. It's unavoidable. Well, actually. He avoids it every day. <laughs> yeah. so. I don't know how he lost today. I mean, for disaster. He, is, he has defeated his butthole's urge to let one fly while wearing his pants. Yeah. So often, I think we forget about how big of a rivalry that actually every is. Every day. Many times. You know, that bug keeps flying into the windshield. Guy has colitis. Adam Cole, that piece of shit. Yeah, he almost yeah. killed him. This one's for Todd. Mm-hmm. Boom. Nice. There it is. We knew it. We knew it. This one's for Arnold. Okay. Mm. Yep. Oh, oh but that, how cool would that have been? That, so that would have been so cool. We go back to back right there. This one, though. Yeah, that was a cool. Oh. That's fucked up. That's Arnold did too much for our program today. No, Arnold, for, those, for the universe to do what it just did. The universe knows Arnold. Arnold's on top of it. Ty needs the shots right yeah. now. Yeah, you're right. Ty made a shot for you, Ty. He'll Love be back Ty. tomorrow, I think, Ty. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. Hopefully. Because what AJ was wishing upon him was like, this is just one of many for the rest of the yeah, night. Yeah, he's going to shard on his way home and crash into a telephone pole and die. Right before Thanksgiving, he's pooping all over his seats and maybe even dying. Hope you're happy, AJ. All right, on that note, let's get out of here. Be a friend, tell a friend something nice.
AJ, would you like to make up for what you said about Ty? I, I think there's less than a 60% chance that Ty dumps his pants on the way home tonight. <laughs> okay, so we don't know if that's over 50-50 or not because you gave that 10% wiggle room there. Less than 60 is an F, though. So maybe we just fail. Hmm. Ty's not dumping hey, his pants tonight. Bingo. No. Ever again. Ty time. is an adult who's married, yep. has a job, but, a beautiful baby. But he's not dumping his pants ever again. Nope, that was it. This was the last time he shits his pants. Yep. Let's go. All right. Remember the date. This is what Tone started this whole thing. Boom. Yep. November 21st. Full circle. 2023. Remember forever. Matt Canada relieved of offense coordinator duties mm-hmm. for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ty Schmidt's asshole relieved of the poop from his guts while still wearing pants. Yeah. Last time that ever happened. Last time we ever talk about Matt Cannon being an offense coordinator for the Steelers. That's good schmay, no matter how you look at it. And this is this is what we're talking about. Boom. That's what we're talking about. Oh. oh. The boy who lived. Change of drawers? Still walking funny? Yeah, do you have different what? underwear? Yeah. Same pants, though. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, different undies. And an extra pair of uh, briefs in the old locker. So, Smart. <laughs> Smart to keep, keep some of those around. Yep. Ooh. How's it feel? Back in the saddle. I made, it all shot, happened. I made a shot for you. You did? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Missed two for Arnold. No way. You made one for me? Yeah. The universe was like, you know what? Ty needs it more than yeah. Arnold right now. I feel pretty special. I could that could have been an unmitigated disaster. <laughs> it could it could have been. But luckily we just were down and it's too bad because it was a good good pair of boxers. Oh, oh no. I know. One of the favorites? Yeah, for sure. Damn. For sure. But Oh yeah. No, no, Zito did uh Zito typed up or printed out. Ty, thank you for providing us with another Incredible moment that we will certainly have framed. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it's a real moment in the show. About an hour after Arnold Schwarzenegger left. Yep. I mean, I was playing with fire. I knew it, you know, as I took the last bite of that Whopper this morning. I said, boy, we might be in for one today. It tasted just a little different. I don't know what it was. <laughs> and will and behold, I almost made it. Almost made it. Made I mean, we, went long, we went long today. Yeah, yeah we did. What are you going to do? I was prepared though. No, you weren't ready for overtime. I, I think your gut was like, you know what? Yeah, we can handle. We can handle the show. Weren't you yeah, thinking about ordering from somewhere else, and you were like, "No, nah, every time I get this, yeah, I fucking actually. shit my pants." Yeah, Damn. I said that about Lincoln Square Pancake House. <laughs> Not to name any names. Would rather go to Burger King. Yeah, because Burger I, I, Burger King's kind of been good to me. Yeah, it's been good to me the last <laughs> couple of weeks. It is so delicious. It is. It's unbelievable. I order from uh, McDo, mm-hmm. McDonald's. Immediately after seeing your Burger King order, I said, damn, that burger looks good. I'm going to get the finest in the land. Quarter pounder with cheese. Mm-hmm. Ate that thing. I'm probably going to have to dump at some point, but thankfully it wasn't during the show. We yeah. did uh, add in, you had a full Mountain Dew, a full Red no, Bull. No, no, no. Quite a bit of uh, Mountain Dew left. Oh. Yeah. Uh, okay, didn't finish that. No. How about the Red Bull? Did we get the Red Bull down? Had a couple Red Bulls. A oh, couple? Okay. Couple? It's an early morning. See, that's early what I'm morning. saying, Darius. Hope you're happy whenever you're providing this I guy. I gave one. You yeah. killed the You're an enabler of this guy. one Red Bull. You know, and he said, I can't turn one of those down. You know, no, he I just couldn't. already had two before then. Couldn't. <laughs> We're proud of you. Way to go, Tom. Hey, and, and thank you to those boxers. Yeah. I tell you what, they fought valiantly. And they... KIA, obviously, but they uh, <laughs> they took a couple good men down with them. Mm. 
All right. Couple. Did you throw him away in the garbage Couple can? good men. People no, thought that Joe was going to change. Trash out. Remember that? Hope we take the trash out tonight. put him in the fucking trash. I'm not an animal. Where'd you put him? In my backpack. I put him in. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> put, him in, put him inside. Uh, you know, we had uh, a bag. Yes. And then, you know, yes. obviously tied that thing up tight. You couldn't smell it. It's not getting out of here. Take him home and wash him? What? I didn't put him in the trash. I'm not an animal. I'm not an animal. In my book bag. Take him home. Yeah. I am. I'm, I'm going to try to salvage him. Really? That's oh, how good they're no. yeah, they're, Not KIA. Come on. MIA. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll see. We'll no. see. Because then it's HIA kind of hurt. You got to let yeah. it go. Yeah. You got to let it go. You think they might die on the table. The next time you go to table. strap those things on, all you're going to think about is last time I wore these, I dumped my pants. Yeah. Well, I didn't dump my pants. I sharded. Well, okay. I'm sh- certainly different. Tomato, tomato. Yeah, certainly different. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I, I dumped in the toilet, which, <laughs> <laughs> which you know, could have been in the boxers, but, you know, luckily it was just a little streak, you know? There's a difference. That's going to happen. It's going to happen when you're eating Burger King. Well, thanks for not leaving that in the trash. Uh, well, yeah, exactly. I mean, because it smelled awful. Let's, I mean, <laughs> it smelled awful. All right. Well, we're proud of you. <laughs> People said the show was going to change. Remember that? Sellouts. Mm-hmm. Sellouts. Those were good times. That was awesome. I was getting some terrible things said, of, yeah. said to me about, from our people, you know? Oh, yeah. And I appreciated their passion and everything. But like I said then, I was saying now, we are too stupid to change. Okay? Mm-hmm. You think Ty's butthole was ever going to change? Nope. Can't. Can't. You think we were ever going to be able to? Can't. Too dumb. Mm-hmm. But we're very thankful that everybody spends their afternoons with us. That does. Or mornings or evenings, depending upon where the hell you are. We're getting the numbers back for this program. A lot of people watch. You are the best on earth. Be your friend. Tell a friend something nice. It might change your life. Goodbye.